Moto One Podcast Network. by three sentient beings. One of them's moist, one of them's wet, and one of them's slimy. You decide. Well, in the meantime, the views and opinions of the participants of the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast are those of the participants and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinions of Creative Riding, Moto One Podcast Network, or any of its affiliates. Moto One made us say that, by the way. Enjoy the show. Hello, ladies and joins. Welcome to episode 314 of the Creative Writing Podcast. Uh, your mama said she don't dance, and I know your daddy don't rock and roll, so there you go. Um, I had a way better in- <laughs> intro this week, uh, but to- it was inside of Tobor, and he's uh, shut down again for the 97th time this year. Um, with me this week is uh, Billy Meat. Billy, how you doing? Uh, doing great. Uh, you guys may know me as Mike. Uh, today I'm Billy Meat. Um, this is in, uh, you know, in in grievance. Actually, I'm Billy Meat today in grievance. Um, our other co-host Kim. Some of you may know her. Yeah. Let's, uh, talk, let's talk about this. Throw this. Throw this out there. What, what the fuck is? I mean, she's so not here. so Kim is actually being indicted federally based on my call to action last week. Allegedly, no, Leon Brainsfield's call to action last episode. It's not even mine. I don't. Right. I we're not sure who the Leon Brainsfield guy is. <laughs> you don't. Really, it we, wasn't we dodged me. that legal bullet. But, um, very so carefully. so. Kim went down to her local city hall office and tried to take it by force. And unfortunately, the doorman at the city hall in uh, her little podunk town, uh, well, his, his name was Billy Meat, and he's no longer with us, thanks to uh, thanks to Kim. She took my call to action, uh, Leon Brandfeld's call to action. Yeah, yeah, not yours, Leon's. Very, very seriously, and it's, it's led us to a place where we're no longer going to have her, at least for this week. There's a GoFundMe you'll be able to find on the uh, website. All proceeds from the Patreon will go to her attorney fees. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for your understanding in this difficult time. She just asked me to make a tier uh, for sixty nine dollars with her, you know, as the as the uh, the Kim Kim uh, tier, the double ended tier, and uh, luckily that was just in time because. By the end of the week, if people keep subscribing, I may have enough uh, to get the bail. But the president of the Moto One podcast um, network, the Moto One network, was very pissed that we were eating into his legal funds because he has a lawsuit going on uh, in the Bahamas right now with uh, a paternity lawsuit. And he's like, this is really going to eat up my crap. First Jay, now he was pissed. So, yeah, I I appreciate her uh, dedication, though, to the challenges. And I mean... You she know, took the call to action really seriously. She uh, did a lot. You know, and I, I'm glad that she did. She's really dedicated to this show. Uh, I wish Mike and Junkie were a bit more dedicated, quite honestly. Yeah. But then if they were, 
you wouldn't have a show to listen to. That's right. It would be some attorneys on here talking about uh, why why the hosts aren't here and why you shouldn't do fun shit. And that is that is not that's the last thing we want to hear, right, Billy? Um, now, I have to say we're going to get into highs and lows and then uh, events and all that fun jazz. But I do have to say this is a little bit weird because uh, we took a little break for Thanksgiving and uh, or whatever whatever your fuck you celebrate um, eating turkey day. And uh, we did have an episode. We, uh, you know, Kim and I went to the old uh, Willow Springs Raceway. That episode is still in development. So you guys got a break from us last week, and we got a little break from uh, from ourselves. But a certain word of the week was said on that show, which doesn't translate to this. I don't remember. Did did Kim? It was balls. It was Kim. She said balls. Yeah, Kim said balls a hundred times, and so she made up for it on that show. They got recorded, um, and then I accidentally said the word of the week on that show, so I owe it on this show. So, so the punishments are going to be out of order, I guess, for for this week. Um, but I owe every uh, everybody. I mean, I guess I can say it now. The um, the word of the week was California, and I said it no less than three times. Uh, <laughs> after getting out of it on the technicality a couple times, I went and blabbed and said it. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about myself right now. But I feel like I do owe a random uh, punishment. Uh, for this week's show, and kind of Kim gets out of hers, even though was, she already paid for it on the other show. So yeah, I feel like we're gonna go a little bit out of order. So I I hope everyone can, uh, you know, kind of kind of feel this out. But uh, yeah, m- the word of the week last week was California. I said it, and my punishment this week is um, a vision. Qu- I'm gonna have random visions uh, for this for this uh, episode. And I don't know if they're, I, I can't tell you if they're going to be grandiose, if they're going to even be real. But I, I, if you can imagine um, Christopher Walken in, uh, what was that fucking movie? Christopher Walken in uh, that Stephen King. Oh God, I had it. And now I, well, now I lost it. Yeah, I'm only 13 years old, so I don't know who either of those people are. Yeah, it was a dead the dead look or something like that. Shit. I can't remember, but there the dead zone. I think that's what it was called. The dead zone. This guy would go into trances. He'd have visions. Eventually the whole town hated him because he was having these visions, but it didn't save anybody. And I, I hate to feel like I am going to do the same to us tonight, but, um, I could, you never know. It's, it's quite possible. <laughs> um, I do have a word of the week for this week and it's going to be, uh, Hooligan submitted back in 2019 by Jason Goldmeyer, who was a uh, uh, Waukesha. No, he was a uh, WIR Wisconsin International Raceway top 10 list racer. And uh, yeah, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. The word uh, that he submitted was hooligan. And so I hope we don't mention who, if if this was last week, we would have been hosed because, you know, we, we had a hooligan Jesus in here with us. But, um, but yeah, long story short, the words hooligan. Uh, I don't. I forgot. You know, this is another blunder on my part. Wait, wait. Oh my god, I feel it coming on right now, Mike. Oh no, I'm, I'm Billy Meat. Billy Meat. I feel it. Oh, well, what's happening? I see. What do you see? A key, two key, three keys, four keys, and they're all hanging in my house. Not. 
close to the studio. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, I just had a vision that I didn't have a horn to honk for this week's Word of the Week, so I don't know how the fuck we're going to make it official. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, jingle the keys you saw. Okay, mentally, I'm going to have to jingle some keys, and liter <laughs> I literally don't have keys in my hand, so this is you're all going to have to think along with me. Clo everyone, close your eyes, unless you're driving, then... Nah, you can still close them. This is uh, your yeah. Not, close your eyes. No, no, Don't even look at the road. Turn your headlights on. Drive full speed into a brick wall. <laughs> Gas it. I need your. I need your enthusiasm. Gas it. All right, everybody, close your eyes and think hard about a pair of keys to make this week's word of the week legitimate. The word was hooligan. Oh my god! It worked! It worked! Ah, I heard keys. Did you hear keys? Oh, I think I heard keys. Oh, my God. And folks, for those of you listening who are hard of hearing, it was pair of keys, not parakeets. Yeah. Uh, those of you who were thinking of parakeets, you yeah. have absolutely hosed us yeah. for this episode. Oh, my God. I think someone and, – and, and oddly enough, someone closed their eyes and drove into a parakeet farm. I think I just had another vision. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so there we are. The The word of the week is live. If either of us says it this week, uh, I will search through the um, transcripts pr provided to us by our glorious host and overlord, uh, Zenith9000. No, uh a bagger bagger 288 and um yeah let's move into the highs and lows i'm gonna i'm gonna switch i'm gonna quit talking for five seconds here for the first time in my life and let you take over this uh this part of the segment uh billy meat what are your highs and lows for this week okay so it's been a little while since y'all have heard from me um highs definite there's been some really high highs yeah i want to hear all about I, them yeah. honestly I haven't had many lows it's been been pretty good sailing e easy sailing folks um i spent my i had to work the friday after thanksgiving uh so unfortunately i wasn't able to attend thanksgiving with my wife and son they went out to her parents house out of state and I went to Thanksgiving dinner with a very good friend of mine, uh, Juan the Raccoon King, and oh, his sick. girlfriend. We went to her family's house. I was welcomed. But Juan and I did some amazing riding through the back roads. Um, we, we did, you know. The back all, roads. All, it doesn't matter what, sta roads, what state roads. or country, just um, the back roads. <laughs> no, so – it, it was up in – so we live in San Diego, and it was up in Temecula, which is mm. really not far. You can get – if you take uh, Interstate 15, you can get to Temecula from my house in an hour. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, we found a way to make that hour trip two and a half hours. Right. And so we, we took the longest possible route all through twisty, windy roads, um, Highway 78. Oh, uh, man. I love it. Was it was great. It was yeah. such a great ride. Yeah. Uh, spent Thanksgiving morning with a bunch of friends. We went and got some coffee and did another, again, another ride. Uh, did a lot of riding and not riding for uh, commuting, which is what I most of my motorcycling is commuting. And, and so I don't get a ton of pleasure riding in and I, I got to do a ton, <laughs> a ton of pleasure ride and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I ride for pleasure and he's going to laugh again right now. Right. Um, but I, I got to do a lot of pleasure riding. Hey, you know, if Kim was here, that would have been like a fucking a plus drop. I might actually, oh, yeah. I might if, actually if, get that for later. Yeah. 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 
if Kim was here, it would have been something about how, oh, writing for pleasure, yeah. that's my specialty, but um, <laughs> and then everybody would have laughed, and it, you know, there'd be uh, studio, the live studio audience would have gone, yeah. <laughs> would have been a sizzle um, reel. It would have been great, yeah. Yeah, it would have been great. But she's not here. She's so, currently uh, under federal indictment. Yeah. So, you know. Remember that. <clears throat> when Leon Bransfield tells you to <laughs> raid your local federal building, uh, maybe you don't listen to him. I don't know. Or it's maybe crazy. you do, actually. I, you know. Yeah, it's up to you. I don't control <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> uh I my wife and I we went to a bonfire on Sunday. Wait, wait, I thought uh, you were out of town. Well, she came home. Oh shit! We went to a bonfire on Sunday. Rode on the Goldwing. Uh, it was nice. We ate Mexican food and enjoyed a fire with some friends. And you know, it's always a good time. Out, my wife went out of town like fourteen years ago. It has has it came back? Oh, dude, uh, she'll come back eventually. I, I I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. Do you her, know where? Do you her, know what town she went to? Her and my dog that left also at the same time. <laughs> sure, they'll come back. <laughs> yeah, they're coming back. They they just went to a farm really far away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that is great. And and for anybody that listen, I know we have a bunch of people from out of state that come here for Babes Ride Out and things like that. It's a huge. It's a huge thing. I see it on Instagram. There's so many. Um, people that come come here from, I mean, Arizona and Colorado is pretty close, Nevada, all that shit. But people have come from, from like Wisconsin and like New Jersey and shit out here to Babes Right Out. So it's really great. Uh, and uh, the 78 is kind of out. I mean, it does go toward like Anza Borrego. I mean, that's kind of like probably, I'm not going to say you guys rode out to Borrego, but you know, that it, it's parallel to that. It, it kind of is in that vicinity if you take the right routes, like the 78, 79, those all go out into some really epic riding. So that that sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. The fact that your wife actually came back sounds like fun. I'm waiting for mine. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's wonderful that she came back. Uh, I I wasn't... Rub it in. You know, hey, it it was 13 years she left, and I'm surprised she came back, quite honestly. (laughs) I was getting a little worried. Somehow the milk was still cold. Speaking of, my dad still hasn't came back after getting milk after all. I, you know, I don't know how to tell you this, buddy, but he's not coming back. Wait a minute. So my lows for the week, I think the the low was set by the tone of I had to go to work every day. Yeah, that really um, does suck. <laughs> and I'll admit that having that be my low, going to work, is the the shitty part of my week. That's a pretty goddamn good week. I, oh, yeah. I, uh, cause you still got to ride the motorcycle, right? You lived to ride, ride to work, right? Uh, yeah. Live, live to ride, ride to work. Uh, I've actually been taking the work truck to and from home. We have to smog it and it keeps coating out. What so the basically, fuck? basically it's drive the work truck, uh, replace whatever part the code reader gives me and then drive the work truck some more and get another code. And just <laughs> basically, uh, by the time I'm done, I'm going to have replaced the whole motor. It's yeah. going to be awesome. I got an easy solution for that. <laughs> Unscrew the gas cap and drive the truck out from underneath the gas cap, drive a new truck underneath the gas cap, and then reinstall it. Boom. 
Oh, you know, I'll I'll let my bosses know about that. I don't yeah. think we've tried that one yet. <laughs> That'll fix all the problems. Yeah, fucking California and their their crazy smog laws. But uh, that's I used to love when I had vintage cars and I didn't have to worry about that shit. But then I was like, oh, I'm gonna get a modern car. And now, like every year, I'm like biting my nails. It's a Toyota though, so it'll pass smog apparently for uh, until Godzilla comes to America. So I I'm, apparently I'm good. I had a Volkswagen. Uh-huh. Back in the day, well, I had a vintage Volkswagen that didn't need to get smogged, but I did at one point have a, um, you know, like a uh, '80s Volkswagen. Uh, oh yeah, get, that's guess, never get, passing smog. Yeah, today. guess what? Yeah, it passed smog for about five years, and then it didn't. And then I learned that Dieselgate was the thing, and I was like, this thing probably never actually passed smog. <laughs> they were just nice to me the first few years of owning it. It was like, yeah, fucking, you know, like the the uh, early early '90s, and um, like right before Dieselgate. Hit, was uh, discovered. And so, yeah, that thing, I'm surprised it even passed smog ever, but yeah, but yeah, get uh, Here's my tip. Start riding motorcycles to work, which kind of, I mean, that's probably kind of hard in in your case or uh, have your company invest in really old shit, like pre 73 stuff. Cause in California, I would love them. I've been trying to convince them. One of our neighbors. um, So my shop is in a residential area and one of my neighbors has a 69 ford econoline for oh sale no God. smog and it, it's pretty minty and i'm like hey why don't we just buy this thing they only want like three grand for it it's not listed anywhere i'm yeah. like hey why don't we buy this thing i would roll this around as my work vehicle every day dude the, the only downside is it's carbureted and that provides its own I don't want to say issues, but it definitely isn't as just turn the key and go, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was I was just gonna say though, you know how how much easier it is to just throw some fucking sea foam in a in a gas tank than it is yes. to Oh, I'm well aware. Yeah. <laughs> like we start replacing sensors and modules and shit like that that starts to go back and all these like fuel evaporative hoses and shit, like way easier. As long as you don't hot rod the motor and make it all delicate. That's, that's Why wouldn't you do that though? Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. It is a sixty-nine. It, it's a sixty-nine Econoline. It needs side pipes. It needs like an Adelbrock. It, it, you know, it needs no, love. No, no. You just you, the stalker you keep it, the better it is. You know, but uh, but yeah, I mean, the the funny thing is, is that I a lot of those um, older cars, when if you just don't fuck with them, they're great. You know, the the brakes you gotta you gotta put disc brakes instead of four-wheel drums, you know, four drums all around. But uh, other than that, yeah, if you don't mess with it, and you just go, yeah, this is a 350, but it only made 87 horsepower. That's fine. I just need it for yeah. work, you know? Yeah, a three, 350 cubic inches that literally makes less <laughs> horsepower and torque than a modern Camry, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Yeah, all uh, you need is to get to work and back. It's, it's good. Man. So, So what are your highs and lows? Oh, my God. My lows. I, I had a new low this week, but um, I'm trying to think of my highs. God, every week I feel like Kim's like, you and Kim, I don't have any, I don't really have any lows. I barely have any fucking highs. My low this week was this. Uh, Wiggins um, had a, Kim and I talked about this a, a couple months ago. Wiggins, I, my, my, um, my uh, niece had a uh, scooter when she was a little kid. And just like you do, you hand it down, you know, your toys and your clothes down to your cousins and siblings, which she doesn't have any siblings. So it came to her cousins. So my daughter and I got this thing a few years ago. We, it was a pink razor scooter. 
it uh we took it all apart we got a new battery kit for it because it wasn't really working. It wasn't charging. We replaced the batteries. We took the entire body apart and like cleaned it and then actually painted it. And I made my daughter, I was like, listen, I'm going to make you scuff this and fucking prep it for paint. I'll paint it. Cause I don't want you to sniff in all the fumes. That's, that's, that's the fun part. So I'll do that. But I legit, <laughs> I legit made her like strip it down, paint it and, or, uh, you know, prep it and, and scuff it for paint. And we turned it from a pink Barbie looking piece of shit into a red, like almost like vintage Vespa at like half size. It's like a, it's like a half or three quarter size Vespa looking scooter, right? It's a razor. I think it's called the razor, um, mud or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So long story short, Kim and I talked about this a few weeks ago because we I gave it after my daughter outgrew it. And and listen, it says use up till you're 13, but my daughter outgrew it at like eight. She was already too big for it. Um, but I gave it to Wiggins' kid because she's only six and she's real short too, by the way, for a six-year-old. She's like, you know, she's the size of a four-year-old. But it's perfect size for her. And he was only letting her ride it if she rode her bicycle at the pump track. So just like every other motorcycle that Wiggins has, he has one motorcycle or two motorcycles that lives in his garage. I think he has two. The rest of them sit out in his fucking yard and just rot. And this thing was like under a pile of fucking wheels and exhausts. And I'm like, your kid hasn't even, there's no way. She's like, I haven't ridden it in a couple of weeks, dad. She was really mad when I took it back. Um, and that hurt my feelings because me and her are like better friends than me and Wiggins are. So she's like my buddy. Um, to see her get so hurt by it, I was like, oh shit. Like, I feel like I'm like, why, why am I taking this kid's scooter back? But I felt like, you know what? It's rotting out there me and my daughter restored this thing pristine and now he just has it out there in the yard with all of his other shit under a pile of like, I'm not, not kidding you that it was under a pile of exhausts and and wheels and shit. He's like, yeah, you can have it back if you fix this 50 for her so she can ride that instead of the scooter. So he gives me this fucking 50 CRF 50. And this, I thought this thing had kind of ran recently, but I'm, but I, Cracked open, dude. It was like fucking nasty. He's he gave it to me. And he's like, I think it needs the carbs cleaned. Half the shit's missing from it. There's no air cleaner. I'm like, dude, there's you're lucky there's not a rat in the fucking carb right now. Cause you took the air cleaner off. Do you have it? He's like, Yeah, he gave it to me. And it was legitimately, I had to uh spend 25 minutes getting all the spider webs and leaves out of the air cleaner. And I and I don't know where the filter is. He just it's like excuse me, it's like the little manifold, but there's no like actual element. So I was like, well shit. What goes on the end of here? It looks like it's missing an airbox now. <laughs> so I have more shit to ask him. Uh, but I realized very quickly that this thing probably wasn't running recently. I thought he had, I thought he kind of brought it out from uh, his dad's when he went back. When his dad passed away, he had a whole barn full of motorcycles. So he's like, yeah, fix up the 50. I was like, oh, cool. He must have just ridden it this summer. No, dude, this thing hasn't ran in I don't know how long because I took the carb off and I started cleaning the carb. And it had gas that looked like it had probably voted for fucking George H. W. Bush, you know, like <laughs> this is pre pre old, old gas, yeah, dude, yeah, pre Clinton gas in this fucking thing, right? That's that so, good shit. Yeah, so I um, so I'm cleaning it out, and I'm cleaning it up, and and if you know me, I can't just I can't just like make it work and go. I have to make it pristine. So I get the fucking air cleaner and I'm wiping it out and I'm spraying carb cleaner and like degreaser and all the shit all over it. And I'm wiping it out and I fucking, 
it's got such a razor thin edge on it that I fucking slice my finger open and it's right underneath my f- index fingernail on my left hand and I play guitar oh, and I'm left-handed. So I can't play guitar. I can't fucking squeeze, you know, lemon juice. I can't use chemicals. Even with my my gloves on, it was like burning through the gloves because I, I got some really shitty gloves. Um, but I got this fucking thing fixed up. Then I take the carb apart. <laughs> And I clean the carb and I take the the jet out. It's a it's a uh, it's a top slide, not a CV. So it's right, right, you know, right. Kind of get all that shit cleaned up and uh, actually can can see uh, you know a squirt cleaner and all the ports and shit's going through. Good. The car it didn't take that much. I did use a brass brush to clean it out. Um, but then I get to the fuel tank and I take and I'm like, well, it must be the petcock then is like why fuel is not getting out. And I fucking take the petcock out. And do you know what? Uh, have you ever been to the La Brea tar pits? <laughs> I actually have not been to the oh, Bra- La Brea tar pits. Well, but I am familiar with them. Yeah. So I take the petcock out, and this thing, you know, it's a typical petcock where it has a tube with a screen that slides over it. The screen instantly disintegrates as soon as I touch it, and it's covered in black tar. I mean, that's what the fuel has been reduced to. It's gone back to fucking. Fossil, it's gone. It's gone back. It's, it, it, it started. Yeah, they they want that for Jurassic Park, dude. Yeah, yeah. It, it went from trapping dinosaurs to being refined and actually making vehicles run, and it has now gone full circle, and it's back to trapping dinosaurs. Like black tar is coming off of this fucking petcock. So I know that's why fuel is not even getting into the motor. So that. And then I'm trying to kick it over and it's not working. I'm like, why the fuck isn't this thing kicking over? I take the spark plug out and I look in the head, make sure things are rotating. Well, inside the head, I see nothing but rust. (laughs) So inside like where the piston should be, I see nothing but rust. So I'm like, bro, this fucking CRF 50 is now a full resto mod. And it's a piece of shit anyway, because like I said, he got it out of his dad's barn and he's left it outside. So the seats rotted, the grips are rotted, the bar pads rotted. Everything's fucking rotted and rusty on this thing because he's just left it outside for the past two years. And I'm going to restore it for a fucking scooter that's in just about the same <laughs> condition uh, just to get the scooter back. So that's uh. my that's my lows. My highs, I can't even tell you. I think the highs was seeing my niece. Uh, We had family actually come up. Uh, We usually drive down to San Diego for Thanksgiving every year. But we had uh, all of our family come up and stay the night. And my niece and her... Her boyfriend got to see the uh, scooter, you know, and and I was like, dude, you're 21 now. And here's your fucking scooter from when you were a kid. Like, we restored it. It's great, you know, like... I. I wanted to let you know we ke- we're keeping it in the family and this baby's going to be a fucking 60 mile an hour ripper in a couple months. So I think that's my high, but my low has been literally everything else from from working on that fucking motorcycle to like the whole week leading up to this show has been stressful at work. Like at least I didn't have to work the day after Thanksgiving. So I mean, you got one up one up on me on that, but but yeah, it's been a fucking journey, dude. This this last couple of weeks has definitely been a journey. And I and we, I really missed you last week too. So uh, yeah, the pining in my heart has been, you know, just barely enough to, you know, I've been drinking a lot of whiskey to get through these days. So I'm glad you're with I me understand. on this show. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been drinking a lot of whiskey too to get through the days. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. not because I miss you. <laughs> right. No, just to get through the fucking days. <laughs> right. Um, oh, wait. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I see. I'm getting the vision. I see. 
I see $62.38 in one of our future. And it says air cleaner cover on it. It must be my future. It's probably, I'm probably, yeah, probably air cleaner for that little thing. Fuck. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hey, let's get into some events, man. Do you, um, so you got any coming up? Yeah. So this Sunday, uh, coming, and this is really late notice, the third. At Biggs Harley Davidson, there's a benefit event for a writer that went down. He is a tattoo artist in Oceanside. He went down and unfortunately lost his leg in an accident due to the negligence of a teenage girl. Um, and I, it's hard to say say it like that, but when you really boil it down, it this accident is purely this girl's fault. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's dash cam footage of it. The which is not going to be released to the public. I don't even know that I'm supposed to say that I've seen it. Um, but there's a dash cam of it. Riders doing the speed limit. The car that is trailing is doing the speed limit. You can tell by the GPS data from the dash cam. Uh, and not gaining or losing distance from the bike. Um, bike goes through a green light that has a uh, merge or a, a yield turn on both sides. A uh, teenage girl in a Toyota Tacoma didn't yield. She just went and uh. unfortunately uh, clipped him and immediately severed his uh, his left leg. And um, he, he lost his leg instantly. He's gone through a couple surgeries. And uh, so there's a, a charity event for him at Biggs Harley Davidson being put on by low side. Um, a bunch of raffles, bunch of everything. I'm going to be there shooting the event uh, with my camera. Um, for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to gotta clarify. I'm going to be doing photography and videography at that event for them. Uh, Lucky Dave's, they're helping. There's a bunch of a bunch of companies have banded together to raise money and, and get some really amazing raffle prizes. Um, Fueling donated a $1,000 gift card to their store, uh, which if you guys aren't familiar, Fueling makes V-Twin... V twin parts, cams, all that stuff. Very nice Harley Davidson parts. Yeah. Um, Lucky Dave's giving away a seat, some bars, bunch of people have chipped in clothes, signed skateboards, all that stuff. And ultimately all of this money goes to helping uh Tony, the writer who went down, helping him and his family in this time. Billy Billy Me, is his name Tony Baloney by chance? Uh, no, it is not Tony oh, okay. Baloney. Um, okay. t- Tony Baloney did not lose his leg in a motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, sounds tasty um, though. So I'm going to be at that event. Uh, December 16th, I will be at the <laughs> Shopper Kings Club Style Contest at Coronado Harley. Um, that That's going to be an event I'm also uh, photographing. You, you, know, mentioned, there. you mentioned this before. Uh, for people that are... Not familiar with San Diego. Coronado is a fucking island. It's like an amazing island, right? And I didn't even know they had a Harley over there. So it's not even on the island. Oh, it's kind. Wow. It's kind ah. of. Uh, 
it's a prox- grifty. <laughs> it's a proximity. It's a, it's a, name. It's a proximity name. Exactly. <laughs> okay, it's okay. it's really not even that close to the island. It's, it's I would say Vista. it's about like seven. <laughs> I would say it's like seven miles from Coronado. Gotcha. It's all. Um, it's in Escondido. <laughs> it, it, it's in National City. Okay, that's close. But, enough. Um, yeah, it's close enough. You can see the island on a really clear day. That's why they call it. <laughs> yeah, that's why they call it. You can see the island. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. I get. But it. But I'm gonna be there for that event. Uh, we've got Supercross coming in San Diego, mm. January 20th. Looking forward to that. That's always a rip-roaring good time, brother. Hell um, yeah, brother. I can't wait for the Harley class. I almost said yo. the word of the week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Got a lot going down the pipeline. I'm I'm pretty excited about those events. Uh, oh, yeah. Don't know the date for the January event for Coronado Harley, but I will be doing photographs there. Basically, you'll see me at every bike night for Coronado Harley Davidson. I have a contract with them. Have you actually ever been to Coronado? I have to ask now. Yes, of course. Of course, I've been to Coronado. <laughs> okay, I, okay. I've lived. I've bor- born and raised in San Diego. I've been right. there many times. You're born and raised in Coronado. I was like, no, you no, you weren't. You wouldn't ride a motorcycle if you were born and raised in Coronado. If you were um, born and raised in Coronado, you would be in the Navy or related to someone in the Navy. And um, I'm not going to finish the statement I was going to say. Yeah, thank you. That's been a, a running theme of your uh, years on the show, and I really appreciate it. Our lawyers appreciate it, too. Aside from Kim's um, bail fund, uh, they appreciate Mike not getting – or uh, Billy Meat getting us in some lawsuits. Um yeah, that's awesome. Uh, do you have any more before I start yammering about mine? No, what do you got? A Ride to Survive also is another, uh, close to my heart, um, another program that used to take place here in SoCal in the LA area, like Irvine and stuff like that, Irvine, Long Beach, things like that. Uh, and what it was, was it was a similar sort of thing. It was it was a motor officer's uh, training you how to ride, and it's almost like an advanced rider course. Uh, but this one is not in LA now. This one is out in um, Moreno Valley Mall down at uh, 22500 uh, Town Circle in uh, Moreno Valley. And it's taking place December 10th from 8 to 4. The only requirements is that you already have your own license and uh, you know you have your own motorcycle and insurance and have basic riding skills. And the only real real requirement is a desire to improve your skills um, you're going to take it to the next level. They teach things like proper use of your head, turning and eye, uh, so you don't target fixate, uh, counter steering, negotiating curves, low speed precision maneuvering. Let me see. Where is my fucking notes from last week? Oh, yeah, yeah, here they are. So Mama Tried is happening February 24th and 25th in, uh, in Milwaukee. That's at the, um, the rave slash Eagles, Eagle Ballroom, Eagle Club Ballroom. Um, April 24th, uh, I'm sorry, 12th through 14th is also the handbuilt show in Austin. So if you want to get out of the cold of Portland, I think, which is the next weekend after that, um, which is Mama Tries, or I'm sorry, the one show is going to be happening, you can head down to Austin, Texas. It ought to be nice and toasty in April, uh, possibly a little rainy. But uh, but yeah, that's when the handbuilt's happening. And that is, again, all custom-built bikes. Um, in all honesty, I feel like that's a little close to the uh, born or the, uh, the one show. Um, I think that's like the weekend before the one show. That's super close. Cause a lot of the bikes make this like quote tour, you know what I'm saying? They go from like 
they go from the the Mama Tried to the One Show to the Handbuilt Show to Born Free. I feel like there's like a tour circuit that custom bikes have been making over the past few years, and those um those are kind of close to get from you know drive from from Oregon down to Austin in in one week uh you know on a on a DIY budget that might be kind of cutting it kind of close. Yeah, it, I think what you're gonna see is a lot of people that would make that show or make both of those shows are going to have to pick one show to go to. Uh, Well, uh, maybe not because these guys do budget for these events. You know, if you're building a bike, you do budget. If you're building a bike for the purpose of show, you do budget to take it to shows and they may have the budget set aside. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. Cause definitely the, uh, the handbill is first, actually the handbill is the weekend before and then, and then, uh, the one up in Oregon is the next weekend. So yeah, that's a, that's a good drive. It's a good drive though for summer vacation for sure. Well, not, that's not technically summer or spring vacation. That'd be spring break. Yeah. Spring break's good. Good time to ride. Spring, uh, spring break forever. I know Kim's in prison or at least in a federal holding cell for right now, but she did mention that Femwalla is happening next weekend. That is a hundred percent of the proceeds go to, uh, from Femwalla is going to go to the unforgettables foundation, which is a 5013 C that helps with the burial services for children. And again, why you want to bury your children? I have no idea. I mean, Honestly, you and I both have kids. I we know why we want to bury them, but maybe we should look into this shit. I, I don't want to help anyone else bury their children. Yeah, the thing. that's the whole thing. Is it like why take the fun out of what you know? I take pride in. You know, I feel like you're shitting on the. You should. <laughs> it's like a self checkout. Anyway, long story short, that's happening. <laughs> that's happening. Twelve eight. Twenty bucks for spectators. Twenty five dollars camp gates open the night before. Um. And I, I think that's all we got. Uh, I mean, if we if we want to keep reaching out further and further and further, we can talk about the uh, uh, Stagecoach Classic Rally, which is happening at the end of April. Let's not. Let's, let's just, not let's, do that. Let's, let's cut that. Cut right it there. Now. Cut it there. There's enough shit happening, and I I can't believe I I don't know when the frozen snot ride is, but you know, there's still some shit in Wisconsin. If you can get out on a on a road, and there isn't fucking hate seasoning on the road meaning like salt up to your eyebrows, you can still ride. And I think they're going to do the frozen snot ride in places like Wisconsin and um, Cleveland and shit like that. So, yeah. It uh, sucks that we can't participate in that ride, being that we have to shovel 15 feet of sunshine out of our dude, driveways to I the ride. I can't fucking tell you. We did, we got a deluge of sun today, and I was just like, all, oh, God, no, not more sun. You know, It got of- so warm, I had to take my coat off. Dude, it came in my windows today, and I couldn't see the screen on my computer. Like that's how fucking bad we we have problems. We have problems here in SoCal. Um, let's bump on to the. Uh, you ready to bump into the news? We we spent how much time have we wasted? We were forty six minutes. We're we're, an hour in. we're right on time for for our news. Um, yeah, let's let's gloss over the news real quick. Um, oh, I that's think what you that- call it. I spent fucking hours doing this. That's what you call it. Gloss over the news. Took me three days to write this shit. Okay, well then you talk about your your five <laughs> unnewsworthy headlines, not okay. worth the news. All right, and, and I'll gloss over them. In all fairness, <laughs> 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 our news not worth the news. Five unnewsworthy headlines. Why are they not newsworthy? Well, I'm about to tell you why. One is the Rivid Anthem 
With EICMA having just occurred a couple of weeks ago and unleashing a fresh spate of gas-powered bikes to the market, all over the market, the Rivet Anthem is a nice blend of Quaalude and Magic Mushroom wrapped up in a single package. Uh, listen to this. It sounds fucking Finnish, but it is an American-made electric motorcycle built out of California, which surprisingly, most of the most of the electric bike companies in the USA aside from Volcon, are coming out of California. Isn't that fucking weird? But anyway, uh, they are lacking none of the Chinese styling that you've come to know and love. Uh, you know, you usually see Chinese electric bikes ripping off America, or, uh, Japanese uh, ice bikes. But Rivid, listen to this, uh, is a downer like Quaaludes and Micah Toll, who you'll know he's either a fucking liar, a vaporware liar, or he's an optimistic a Freemason, he's once again under the hallucin- <laughs> hallucinogenic effects of Rivid's marketing department, throwing out some numbers and specs that are supposed to impress everyday riders. However, I'll tell you that they're a complete, complete fabrication. I agree with Nokomoto 100%. The downside, listen, when he's talking about the Rivid anthem, he mentions a downside. Do you know what he mentions? The downside is the fucking tiny glove box. That's what his negative is. He's like, oh, this thing is terrible. The tiny glove box, you can barely fit the gauntlet, the fucking uh, Predator War. You know, remember that? You see that movie, yeah. Predator? I know you're only 17. Yeah, no, I've seen Predator. That's but, cool science fiction. Right. So he had a fucking huge arm gauntlet. And I feel like that's about the size of phones today. A phone should fit in your fucking pocket and not have to fit in your backpack. So... His big downer on this thing was that the fucking phone wouldn't fit in the glove box. Hey, how about the fucking downer of this thing is that it's a fucking lie and it's almost vaporware. Um, um, can I talk about this thing for yeah, a second? Yeah, so you, I, have I you seen experience, it? I've had an experience with one. Mm. Um, so they posted something on Instagram about riding them who wants to ride one this is sometime last year and i reached out i was like hey i'm curious what do i gotta do uh so they said they would bring me the bike the the story changed three times oh because it's vaporware that's how these yeah 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 so they told me they would bring me the bike and pick it back up and leave it with me for a week and i was like that's insane that they're willing to do this for a stranger but cool let's do it um, and then it came to, oh, you can come to one of our test ride days. And I said, when are they? And then they gave me three days that were, I had to go to Orange County. And I'm like, I'm not going to go to Orange County to ride this motorcycle. Bro, Orange County is like 25 minutes from you. Come on. Well, hold on. <laughs> you couldn't make it from my house to Orange County on the charge that this motorcycle <laughs> well, gets. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There. That's, I wanted to hear that. Yes. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. This thing gets to. But it has a hot swappable, but it has a hot swappable battery. You yeah. can just take the battery out and swap it in. But the battery's 87 pounds and is half the size of the motorcycle. Yeah. Where are you supposed to take another battery with you? Right, right. So so that is I'm glad you I'm glad <laughs> you got that. Is, this bike is so fucking stupid. This is like the do you want it fast, cheap, or good? Because pick two, you cannot go 125 miles an hour and get 215 miles of range. You can maybe go 125 miles an hour and get uh, like 10 on, miles of range. On their website, it says, 
75 plus miles an hour on up to 75 miles on a charge. They must have been like putting out the, you know, going downhill with the tailwind. And I mean, yeah, they must, it, they it, must it, have, it yeah. had to be like, oh my God. So 125 this, miles, but you're going downhill, the battery's off. Yeah. But, yeah. It look and here's another thing I hate the the rear um, chain and the rear chain guard looks like the Razor scooter that I'm looking at that I told you that I got back from Wiggins. It looks like a fucking toy. It looks like a kid's toy. They look they look awful. Yeah. For anyone listening, it's R Y V I D Anthem, Rivid Rivid Anthem, whatever yeah. you want to call it. It is bullshit. It is Do bullshit. Not- do not even bother this thing. Uh, I, I, I'm all for innovation. I'm all for change in the motorcycle space, but fuck this thing. Fuck Dude, this thing in particular, man. I'm all, I'm all for electric bikes. Electric bikes are fun. I rode the fastest bike. I think I've ever ridden from like zero to a hundred was a zero SRF. However, at a hundred, at a hundred, it starts to flatten out, and then yeah, they're not practical after that. Like they, like I could have done that for twenty five minutes, and then the battery would have been dead. <laughs> Where I could do that on my VFR, I've hit one hundred and forty five indicated. I don't know if that was real, but I've hit one hundred and forty five on that. And guess what? I pulled over to gas station, gassed up in seven minutes, and did it again. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. the 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 argument I have against electric motorcycles is that. So the people that this is marketed to is someone that lives in a city and they're looking for a commuting thing that they can get from their house in, for example, the, Oakland and they work in San Francisco. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, but, but for that issue, you really, it's not even useful there because it says 75 miles on a charge. Oakland is 70 miles to San Francisco, something like that. You're not going to make it to work. Yeah, are you gonna be, or you're going to be cutting it close. There's people that know exactly how far they can get at certain speeds, and they will ride their electric bikes and get the fucking thing. But they aren't popping wheelies and going 100 miles an hour. You know what I'm saying? They're not. I'm not convinced this thing can yeah. pop a wheelie. Well, I'm going to be 100. Not with the 87 fucking pound battery in the in front. In the front. In the front. Well, it, 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 these things are just so fucking lame. Fuck this bike, dude. <laughs> let's, get the, let's get to the next one. Fuck right. this thing. Uh, so uh, my last point was this 87-pound battery, even though it's, quote, hot swappable, I guess it's not for old people, weak people, anyone that has a fucking back problem or anybody that lives on the second floor because you ain't fucking carton 87 pounds of fucking battery upstairs me and wiggins went a couple weeks ago and helped our friend that runs a special effects shop make some fucking trees for whoville down at fucking universal studios and we horked out some 90 pound bags of cement we had 12 of them and those motherfuckers at the end of the night our backs were hurting so this battery is three pounds from that there's no way you're carrying this upstairs and downstairs like every it's got wheels Oh, so that's going to help you upstairs. Well, it, it, so the, the battery like lowers down and it is its own little dolly. Right. And, and, and okay, so. And you can ride it through is, the airport. So this thing is hot swappable. That's a great idea. How, though, are you going to hot swap a battery? You can't take another one. You yeah. simply cannot take a second battery with you. So what what are you going to do? Hot swap it <sighs> with your buddy's battery who's 
also dead. Right. It, right. It's just a stupid idea. Well, there are there are hot swappable batteries, and there's Gogoro in Asia, but their batteries are tiny, and they fit multiple different vehicles. And Gogoro is working with Yamaha, and I mean that swappable well, battery it, thing. So it's like the, isn't it eighty seven pounds, and it's not, it's, and it's universal, and it doesn't well, get and you. It's like the fuel rods that you see in like a shopping mall, right? The little phone charging sticks that you just like rent it, and then you right. put it back, and it gives you a brand new fresh charge run that would make sense but this thing's never gonna take off no one wants this no uh, nobody does want it, it. It, it but they're making it here in california so there you go and uh fuel rod would be a great name for the uh would have been a better name for the uh harley davidson v one of the v rod models. that would be actually a really cool the one fuel rod. Fuel rod. <laughs> yeah we should be on harley's marketing team there you go why the fuck aren't we um, uh, segueing into this, another one, the Verge California edition. I, ha- I am on the waiting list to ride these. Here's another crappy electric motorcycle that's ready to disappoint. Um, Verge, instead of so fucking cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and you can describe why it looks cool. Cause I didn't put this in the notes, but Verge, they chose the LA auto show since fucking IMS ceases to exist. Now there's no, there's an, an aim is uh dealer to dealer only. It's like industry. There's no, um, there's no fucking public bike shows anymore. We need this shit. So they chose the LA Auto Show because that's about the only thing where they could show their bike in America. Verge is a Finnish company. And they I, my theory is that they chose the LA Auto Show because compared to an electric vehicle at like $60,000, this motorcycle seems cheap. <laughs> so when you see a motorcycle that's only like $40,000, you're like, oh, that's cheap compared to like only, this $80,000 fucking car. So Only $40,000. Right. So the very first ele- uh, element in the article that I saw on cleantechnica.com covered the specs. This might be the one I was thinking of. It's 125 mile an hour top speed. Oh, whoopee-doo. Zero to 60 in 3.5 seconds, which is actually slower than the live wire and the Zero SRF and almost any other, the Energicas, like almost every other motorcycle electric motorcycle a couple years ago back in 2019 was bragging that they had a sub three second zero to a hundred or something like that, or at least, at least zero to 60, but this is zero to 60 at three and a half seconds. So it's actually kind of slow. Um, the range is 217 miles. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't uh, buy that. Charging it for a second. Right. And charging in 35 minutes, which I do believe because I know someone that we can have on the show later that they're getting tr- fast charging down to 15 minutes. So 35 minutes is, is believable for a smaller motorcycle battery. I, I, I believe that. People have charged their live wires actually in about that time um, with the proper chargers. So the Verge, it has all the claims and the undeliverable... Uh, <laughs> specs that every other electric brand has but the so, kicker it's fucking okay. 40 44,900 uh for the fucking california edition or the well, you're, uh, you're Ultra paying edition. you're paying for uh kind of new technology i guess so it's a it's a the rear wheel this bike to paint a photo for you guys. I don't know. Some of you may not know about this bike. And if you don't know about the bike, I'm about to talk about your uncultured and you should really brush up. Um, the side profile of this really reminds me of a Buell blast. Ooh. It has a very, wait, 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 that's like, that's going to turn people off a bit. 
No, I love the Buell Blast. You're the only one. You're like one of seven. I know. I'm. There's a reason that Buell went out of business. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The blast. Well, it's more than that. But it it has a hubless rear wheel that is also the motor. It's an interesting design. It looks futuristic as hell, but it's also electric and not ever going to see the light of day. Right. Um, That's my other problem with this bike. It's just never going to see production. And even if it does see production, the people that are interested in this bike aren't going to be spending $44,000 on it. No. If I'm spending $44,000 on a bike, I'm buying like a CBO, you know, right? I'm, well, I'm going to buy 40 gold wings, you oh, know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. And have it just, but you buy forty gold wings and have your own racing um, class at the King of the Baggers, <laughs> the the GL fifteen hundred class. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, honestly, though, you could you can find some great bikes the, for a thousand the bucks. Arthritis class, <laughs> the sons of arthritis. Um, you can you can definitely find great bikes for a thousand bucks right now, and forty four of them versus this one. I mean, this is even. This is double what the Livewire was when it came out. It, when it came out, it was like, well, almost double. It was like 30000 bucks. They've reduced it down to like 20000 to fit the Livewire and Energicas and all that other stuff. But I remember when the Harley-Davidson first came out, it was 20, 27000 bucks. It said forty four nine. dollars Now, they do have lower, lower uh, models that are a little bit cheaper. But, I mean, this is the one that they debuted here, right? So... Uh, this uh, this thing has an electromagnet that rides inside of a weird like track or channel, and I I forget how they described it, but it rides inside. It's like a two or three piece rear wheel, so that there's no sprocket, there's no hub. It just connects right to the swing arm, like a, like a uh, shall I say, kind of like a snowmobile. <laughs> I mean, is that fair? Is that how snowmobiles work? They just connect straight uh, to the track. I, I think I actually do think that that's how it works. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've never seen a snowmobile. I live in San Diego. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I've seen one before, but they brought it in for us to observe um, in my work. So, so yeah, this thing, and and this is this is crazy because this isn't the first like hub driven bike I've seen that doesn't have a rear sprocket. I've seen I've seen gas bikes that do this. Uh, I forget exactly how the fucking technology worked, but it's similar to like a mono wheel where there's like gears and all this shit touching like the rim. But I've seen gas bikes. This is very popular for electric bikes. I think the Tron bikes were like this. They built some Tron bikes that looked exactly like the ones in the movie. And I think that they were built like this too with this weird like hubless uh, the rear wheel just connects to the swing arm via the rim, basically, and that's how it also turns. Um, so, what happens to unsprung weight? What happens to braking? Like, what have uh, braking B R A K I N G and B R E A K? What happens when your fucking electric connect connection breaks? Um, d- does it have disc brakes on the front? Because if this thing fucking breaks and there's no engine braking or electromagnetic braking, you're fucked. You know, you don't have your re- rear wheel. And I know the front wheel does like 90% of the braking, but, um, you know, what if you're counting on that rear wheel to be stopping and it, all of a sudden it doesn't? But anyways, long story short, this thing is just a piece of garbage because like you said, I don't think it's ever going to appear. Who? No one's ever going to buy it. This is like the theoretical model that people like to release. And and I think I, oh oh, yeah. And this is this last uh, quote from the article sums it up. Speaking of theoretical, uh, 
it, it sums up what I expected to be an underwhelming pro- uh, product. The electromagnetic motor is, quote, theoretically limited only by the power to which is applied to it, end quote. So theoretically, it's got as much power as you give it, right? Yeah, it, it literally works. Until you, until you quit yeah, giving it gas. Until it doesn't. Wow. It's just like a fucking gas motor. So <laughs> at this point. Um, so yeah, I don't know how that's different from an ice motor actually. But um, oops, sorry about that. I, I, I silenced my phone, but it still goes off during the podcast uh, religiously. Um, so yeah, so that's not news. It's not news because it's not going to happen. Yada, yada, yada. And you hate, I'm glad to hear that you hate it. Uh, number three, the Bobby Petrino motorcycle scandal. This is kind of weird. Now, this is not worth the news, really, because in effect, it's a college football story. So the student named Bobby Petrino, he's the coach uh, for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And I feel stupid because I'm from Arkansas, and I couldn't tell you what the fucking name of the school is. This guy who was the fucking coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks um, I think it was 2012. This, this, so this goes back uh, more than a decade. He crashed his fucking motorcycle uh, and got hurt. And long story short, he tried to keep it under wraps. Now, why did he try to keep it under wraps? Because once they filled out the report and they had to fill out the injury report, he showed up at a, a Arkansas Razorbacks um, press conference in a neck brace. His fucking face was all... Uh, road rashed up because in Arkansas there's no helmet laws, so he probably was wearing his DOT headband. He, I, I guarantee he was wearing khakis, a polo, and a fucking Arkansas Razorbacks hat. He crashed. Does Tra- it say what kind of bike he rides? I guarantee it's also a Harley. Uh, coming from Arkansas, Ro- I can, Road King. It's road, a road it's King. definitely a Road King. Yeah, Road King or a Street Glide or a Street Glide. Yeah, those are the two uh, motorcycles that you will see in Arkansas. So this dude um, crashed his. Harley Road King and try to keep it under wraps. He didn't hurt anybody else. He didn't crash into anybody else. But since there was injuries, the cops had to make a report so that like, you know, if you come back with your insurance later and you're like, oh, my fucking neck hurts and your insurance is going to pay for it. They need a record of this shit. So in the report, it comes out that this uh, 51 year old married father of four was riding with this 25 year old girlfriend who was his mistress at the time. Uh, and the thing is that she had been hired as uh, his player development coordinator. But the thing is, it was a little bit of a scandal because he got her that position, right? So um, she was hired out of protocol. Supposedly, you're supposed to be the the position was supposed to be listed for like 30 or 60 days so that other people could apply for it. But she was also fucking someone else in the athletics department before this guy. So it was a huge, it blew up. This guy got fired from the Razorbacks. It was like Melrose place inside the Arkansas, uh, you know, locker room and, and administrative headquarters. And then he goes off. Like I said, he went off to some other like NFL team, maybe another college team comes back, uh, and none of this would have came to light. He's been hired back like two times to the Razorbacks. I think he's actually their current coach right now as well. And none of this shit would have ever come to light had he not crashed his hog um, into his player coordinator. Zing! You know what I'm saying? He crashed, he crashed two hogs. He crashed his bike and his uh, wiener. Oh, it's an unfortunate thing for him. I mean, you know, 
he ruined one hog and he no longer gets to ride the other. Another. Right, exactly. So, but he's still getting hired. And I think the story was that he got hired again as like Arkansas's coach a couple years ago, uh, even after they said never again. You know, he keeps getting hired back. So he's the Romano, Romano Fanati of uh, coaches, which I really love. Um, headline number two. Delaware, this is a Delaware law. And I, and I start this one out with, Hey brother, because I want all you brothers out there, uh, that ride motorcycles and think women can't ride Wiggins. You get on this too here in California, contact your local Delaware abate chapter, uh, and start writing representatives in the, uh, state council because, um, even though they're the ones that started this, let them know, Hey, I don't like this. Um, Starting in September 1st, which has already happened, uh, Delaware started requiring new licensed riders and their passengers to wear a helmet for the first two years of having their license. Um, and it's, this is not, not noteworthy at all because we know as you get better, you mellow out. Say two years, exactly two years into your riding career, you don't try wheeling. You don't try riding faster and harder. You ride safer and slower. Oh, absolutely. This totally the, makes it. You're, 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 the, the longer I rode, the slower I rode. That was definitely what happened. Yeah. And your brain, your your actual cranium gets a little harder, so you don't need a helmet. You just need that DOT bandana. Um, and you do, it totally makes sense that after two years of riding, when you're getting your most confident and your most able, that you chill the fuck out and you don't need to wear a helmet anymore. Right? So Yeah, I absolutely don't like... I, 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 exactly two years to the day was the last time I even attempted to wheelie. I would never, yeah, ever do that again. No, it, it's such a, you know, it, it, that law. It, normally, I'm anti-law, anti-government intervention in our lives, but I, I really, I feel that that's a good law. I think all states should adopt this law. It, it would work out very well for everyone. In fact, I think that. After two years of being on a motorcycle, you'll be totally okay. Yeah. Perfectly fine and ready, in fact, to not wear a helmet. Um, you know, it, yeah, it, it's perfect. I, Delaware, keep it up. Right. The only thing I know about Delaware is that's it's a river where that Washington crossed. Apparently, I don't have video to back that up. So, but yeah, I think I don't know. George hey, Washington wasn't even real, dude. He wasn't real. He's a, he was a bird. Yeah, it's not in the Bible. Uh, yeah, that's true. I think that maybe think about this. What if Florida had tiered licensing where you have to you have to be fully geared up your first couple of years of riding, and then as the years go on, you get to like go down to like a tank top. Like you earn your tank top. You don't just you get earn it. your flip flops. <laughs> and then finally, you earn your board shorts and flip flops. That's like your final test. Is instead of tiered licensing, it's tiered riding gear. I think Delaware is onto something. This is fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then the number one headline, you're not going to believe this, but the, uh, you're not going to believe the bold new graphics of this headline, but headline number one, Suzuki introduces their 2024 bikes. Oh my God. Oh my God. So this isn't really a headline partially because a Suzuki, uh, it basically, again, bold new graphics for everything from the Hayabusa down to their, you know, 250 uh, GSXR 250, which I'm surprised they still fucking have. Um, every bike is pretty much the same as last year. Now, the reason this isn't a headline is because of that. But the reason that I think this should be a headline is partially because of that. So they, they did get 
attention last year when they finally came out with their very first parallel twin that I can think of. I can't think of any Suzuki's uh, pre-2023 that had parallel twins, but their uh, GSX-8 S came out. The GSX, um, well, the V. Uh, actually, they call it the V Strom, even though it's really a parallel instead of a V. They they called it the V Strom 800DE and all that shit. All that all this stuff came out parallel. The 776P twin motor shook up the motorcycling world for about 33 and a half seconds. Um, and I think that Suzuki actually deserves more. They deserve more attention because they always get the bold new graphic thing. However, they did come out with this motor, but instead of replacing their shit like Harley does and like Honda will replace stuff. Uh, actually, Honda doesn't do this as much as Kawasaki. Kawasaki comes out with a new motor. Boom. Like the Ninja 250, they came out with the 300. Boom, Ninja 300. Boom, Ninja 400. And now they're up to the Ninja 450, right? Or well, they call them Ninja 500s, but they're 451 cc's. So they're they're one they're one cc closer to 500 than a 450. Um, but yeah, so uh, Kawasaki famously does this: rotates up and up and up, and everybody else has been rotating up. Uh, Suzuki just stays the same. Not only do they have their their P twin, so now they have an 800 to compete with the um, parallel twin of BMW in the adventure class and BMW has had the F 800 and F 900, uh, street bikes for a while. And now Suzuki has those. And it kind of competes with the Yamaha, um, parallel twin seven, the MTO seven. Uh, I think it's great, but the biggest thing is that Suzuki bold new graphics, the, the V Strom 650 is still available. So you still do have that V in V-Strom at a lower displacement, and they're not getting any credit for that. The V-Strom 650 is a, is one of the, and actually the um, SV650 as well, two bikes that came back, and those are like, if you listen to any motorcycle podcast, anybody that loves doing track days, or anybody that loves being a street squid, um, the GSXR... Yeah, the yeah, six, yeah. 650. The yeah, yeah. SV650, yeah. GSXR 750. Yeah. Listen, dude, those those two bikes, I mean, one's a V-twin and one's an inline four, but those two bikes are like the fucking squid champ. The Calamari Race Team Pro. Dude, so many people love the SV650 still because it's got the low-end grunt and it's still fast. And they're still offering it. Like, it, it, nobody's done that. Everybody's replaced their shit or moved to this and this and around. Suzuki gets no... Um, for having introduced their 2024 bikes and just them being bold new graphics, I give them kudos for that because they haven't got rid of anything. They've actually only added to the stable where everybody else is like scooching their 300s out for 400s and scooching their 1200s out for 1300. You know, everybody's scooching shit around. Suzuki's like, no, we're, we're going to keep everything. So I, I'm going to say that I appreciate Suzuki for keeping the SV650. That yeah. is, that's one of the one of my favorite motorcycles I've yeah. ever owned. I loved that bike. Our old co-host Jay, she went down on a 650, literally, and got arrested on a 650, so kind of went down figuratively. And when she got out of jail, she got a new 650. So, yeah. And I listen to a lot of British podcasts, and um, the bikers over in Britain, they love the SV650 better than getting a, a Patton, which is a, another twin. I don't think there's any other twin 650s out there uh, well, the Ninja 650 is a twin, but um, I think that's about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the Ninja 650 sucks compared to the ZX6. So why would you even buy it? Uh, the SV is like, yeah, 
Um, I almost said the word of the week. Um, blanky racers and and road racers and street blankies. I can't say the word, but you know, you know who you are. Street fooligans. Let's say that. I can say that. They love the SV650. It's just a great bike, and um, that's all there is to it. So it's not not the news headline isn't that Suzuki's introducing these bikes. I think the, the headline should be appreciated because Suzuki's keeping all their bikes. They're adding, they're adding to the stable where other people are cycling through. So that's it. That's my headlines for this week. Two, um, two real quick before we walk away. Yeah. Let's, I want to cycle back the Delaware helmet law and the SV 650 actually have a lot in common for me. Um, like the, like we were saying, you grow out of that at two years, you automatically just grow out of your your uh your phase of being a degenerate on the road yeah uh as soon as i hit two years on the bike i was like oh can't have this sv650 anymore i can't (laughs) do this anymore guys delaware knows what they're doing i mean that law that they made is makes so much sense now that you said that i think about it yeah um yeah so let's uh take a quick break and we will be back with uh the last part of our show which is going to be some really interesting informative and innovative information that you've never heard in your life before i'm all about it so let's take a quick break we'll be right back with some more creative writing hey this is the beast man coming at you from gsxr 600 fm the squid we've got creative writing coming at you at the top of the hour but first the traffic we have a yellow sv650 down on the 405 and a high-speed police chase being led by an rc51 over in glendale chopper dave says the bike looks pretty cherry from his vantage point but may not be so sharp from up close anyway here's an oldie from tilford sellers featuring a little known steel guitar player named moto g beats when the bright light of the city What's that smell? They're at it again. The folks at RP Enterprises solving two world problems with one great solution. You got a hankering for some of Grandma's hush puppies? Sure you do. They're delicious. You love them. Well, how about solving world hunger and the pet overpopulation problem with one easy, simple, tasty solution? Fist Puppies from RP Enterprises. Never have to listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song again about it. Fist Puppies available only at Hetty's on 4th Street. All right, everybody, we are back. Thank you for hanging in this far to creative writing. What you're about to hear next is going to blow your mind. It's going to be some great... We have some tips. We have some market information. We just got uh, the second half of the show is basically what we have. I'm going to steam through, steamroll through my part because I really want to get to the important stuff, which is what Billy Meat has to say. And uh, my the, the things I have to contribute, we really kind of wanted to talk about some beginner maintenance, first bikes. The, uh, speaking of first bikes, the market right now, I mean, it's been crazy the last couple of years. So let's talk about all that shit. Um, I want to get into it first. First and foremost, some of the tips that I have aren't necessarily tips. We we gave you guys some great winterizing tips uh, on the last show. I'm not going to ramble through every tip. RTFM, read the fucking manual if you want to know the tips that I have to give you. However, I do have a couple things that I've heard other shows say that really blew my mind and I wanted to kill them for because I think that they're leading you astray when it does come to beginner Information, at least. So one of the things I heard said over the last couple of weeks that really uh, kicked a corn cob up my butthole was uh, fork oil. 
Uh, this came to you from the Motorcycles and Misf- Misfits podcast of the Recycle Garage. Uh, to change or not to change your fork oil? And is it necessary to change it when the manual says so? And here's my take on this. Your fork oil probably hasn't been changed in the last fucking 20 years, especially if you have a vintage bike. Uh, and, this, <laughs> and this also applies to brake fluids because it's the same fucking thing. So why do you change your engine oil? Your engine oil never sees the outside of the bike. It never sees the same. Uh, it never sees the combustion chamber, and so it never gets mixed with gas unless you have a fucking two-stroke. Uh, so why change your engine oil? Uh, it's the same reason to change your fork oil. And they were like, "Oh, you should never change your fork oil." It's the same fucking thing. Your engine oil gets pumped through your engine. And it drips and dribbles or gets injected all over the parts that move and touch each other, right? And basically, just wear. The heat that it gets subjected to makes it uh, break down. And it's not very good for very long after that. And you don't want the pieces that rub together to get friction on them. So your fork oil, they said, oh yeah, don't change your, 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 your manual says to change your fork oil like every two years, right? Uh, do you have to or do you not have to? Here's my take on that. Your forks. What goes your engine? You change the oil in it every, you know, three to five to eight thousand miles, whatever your manual calls for. Mine, particularly, I think, is like every five thousand miles. Uh, it calls for an oil change. Now, why do you do that? Because the oil is constantly getting cycled through and rubbing on pieces and getting subjected to heat, and heat breaks everything down from brake fluid to oil and all that shit. Radiator fluid, it doesn't matter. Um, so blinker fluid especially gets uh, it gets all the heat yeah. all the time. You're using that shit more than almost anything else. So your fork oil, think about this. As much as your engine has oil like lubricating every single moving piece in there, how often do your forks go up and down? Even on a smooth road, even on a smooth racetrack, your forks are subject to going up and down way more than you think. And up and down, going up and down. Jerk off with fucking rock salt like I do. Your dick's going to heat up to the fucking basically the uh, exterior temperature of the space shuttle. <laughs> Even if you don't have a wiener, take a cucumber and, you know, stroke it back and forth at high rate for, you know, 30 seconds. The thing's going to catch on fire and become air fried. You're going to have a fucking air fried uh, uh, cucumber in your hand. And in one second, and you're going to have blisters on, your, on the hand that you used to do it with. Friction creates heat. I don't care if you're on the smoothest road in the world or on a racetrack or going through curves, your forks are constantly going up and down. If you live on a bumpy road or have a dirt bike, it's even worse. And all that friction does the exact same thing that the motor oil in your fucking engine is subjected to. It gets subjected to heat. Pump a bicycle pump up and down. That has zero oil in it. Pump a bike up and down. Bicycle pump. Fill your fill your bike tires. Pump it 50 times and feel the hose and feel the pump. They're both going to be hot. And I don't care if it's just the air going through it or if it's the actual shaft of the pump going up and down inside the housing. Both of them are going to be hot. Your fork oil gets fucking hot and it gets broken down. Fork oil just happens to be about the same viscosity as a fucking bottle of uh, Topo Chico water. Um, Fork oil is not very viscous, but it is a little viscous. And it breaks down, in my opinion, even probably easier than engine oil does. So yes, change your fucking fork oil. And when you change it and it's all black, it's because you fucking roasted it. And racers change their fork oil and all that shit constantly. You know what I'm saying? They change every fluid constantly. Yeah, the, it, it's part of basic maintenance. It's I mean, part of basic maintenance. This is something that it's it's so funny to me when when you have guys that you can take a guy 
They both have a 2019 R1. They both weigh 180 pounds. You get two guys. They both have an R1, both 180 pounds. One guy does oil changes. The other guy does oil changes. He checks his, he, he does the rest of the fluids on the bike occasionally as well. I don't know what the service interval that your manual comes with or, or states rather, you know, uh, he changes out his, his shock oils, everything like that. And his bike handles better. His yeah. bike is just a little bit faster. Yeah. Guess and what? Then everyone goes, oh, wait, that guy's a great mechanic. No, he's no. probably not a great mechanic. He just uh, reads the fucking manual. manual. RTFM, baby. And my manual says to change my brake fluid every couple of years and then change the fucking hoses every two years. Well, I've ex- I've inspected my hoses and I keep my bike in the garage all the time. All my bikes are garaged. And so the, the hoses never see outside ozone. The only thing that can break them possibly down is the gas uh, inside the garage when it gets super hot in here in the summertime and the gases are like evaporating. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Might, but dude, that's so minimal. If you leave it out in the yard or you have your shit outside and there's ozone and sun and yeah. elements, yeah, your brake lines might crack. Yeah, your fucking radiator lines might crack. Check that fucking shit and change it every two years because most people don't have the luxury of having a garage, especially here in LA. My rent is uh, $82,000 a month, but it's worth it to me because I don't have to change my brake lines every two years. But yeah, no, it say you save money. I, yeah, you say you save money in the long run. Cause we all know that brake fluid is fucking expensive at brake lines, but <laughs> well, I, yeah, brake, brake fluid is definitely not $4 a, a can at AutoZone. Oh wait. Oh wait. Yeah. I see your point. But even, even though it's $4 a can at AutoZone, I still, if I have a half a can left, I won't use it because I know it's sucked up water sitting on my shelf the fucking half a year it's been sitting here. I will go spend $4 and get a brand new unopened can and bleed all the fucking hydraulic brakes that I have at once. And you would be surprised at how cloudy that shit is. You know what I'm saying? It's gross. Yeah. So now think of your forks going up and down and up and down. And if you're like, oh, I need to change my brake fluid because stopping is important. Well, think about the fucking suspension. That shit's holding your bike, literally holding your bike up and and that sees whether or not you change your engine oil or your brake fluid, your fork oil sees every single fucking ride and it knows every single bump in the road. You don't brake over every single bump in the road. You don't stress your engine out over every single bump in the road. Your forks absorb every single bump in the road. So when the motorcycles said, don't change your fork oil and their, their licensed mechanic said that I was like, bullshit. You need to change your fork oil more or not, or more often even than your brake fluid. And think of this, you're riding through the Midwest. How many fucking dragonflies and butterflies do you have smashed on your front fork tubes? Now, your slider, your lower slider, or if you have inverted forks, your fork compresses down over that shit and then sucks it up and all of a sudden your fork's clean. Guess what? That shit's inside your fork now. The seal rode over that shit, gulped it off, and now all that fucking bug guts is inside your fork fluid. Change your fucking fork fork oil, people. Don't don't it's listen. It's not hard. It's not. It's it's really not a complicated it's, process. And it's kind of fun. Like once you do that, you're like, "Holy shit, I took the front end off my fork and changed the oil." It's you really feel like you can almost do anything. Fucking engine o- crankshaft. You could do a crankshaft if you could do your fork oil. <laughs> so I, I actually recommend that when you change your fork oil, you change your crankshaft. That's yeah. my recommendation. 
that's that's valid and reasonable and definitely an expense that every writer can have. Very. See, I'm glad you somebody agrees with me finally. Um, also, this was heard on the Nokomoto podcast, uh, who I thought they had our back. They said mandatory dealer visits. Now, this is the thing. I have to I have to quantify this because they are unqualified. This so they, they did say that they were talking about an electric motorcycle. And I forget what fucking brand it was, and I forget what bike it was. Probably some vaporware piece of shit that's not even available in large amounts in the U.S., or it's available on Timu or some shit. But they were talking about this electric bike that you can get, and it comes with over-the-air updates. And they're like, no, 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 no over-the-air updates. It gives you a reason to go to the dealer. It gives you a reason to interact with the dealer, and it gives you a reason for the dealer to like... Then you can like talk to them and see what accessory parts they have and see like what they can like... You know, maybe you can get some cool stuff and and like the dealer makes money. You don't have to do this shit. Great. Okay. That's all great. That's all great. And and I know there's people like Kim out there, uh, even though God rest her soul in prison right now, that she doesn't want to do fucking maintenance on her own bike. However, there are people that live in fucking, aka rural Appalachia or rural Washita, aka my family, that lives fucking an hour and a half from a fucking dealer. And their internet's not great either, so I'm not even sure they're getting over-the-air updates. But this is my whole thing. This whole mandatory dealer visits rather than over-the-air, I don't care if you have an electric bike, and I don't care if you have a, a bike that's not electric. I don't care if you have a fucking CVO. I don't care if you have an Indian. I don't care if you have a Goldwing. You should not have to take your bike to the dealer. You should be able to service your bike yourself. I'm all for the right to repair. So if you can get an update that improves your bike over the air, sure. Should be should you be forced to do that? Also, right to repair, you should have the right to refuse it if it's not going to fix your bike. If it's just a bug fix, like my phone asks me this all the time. I don't do half the fucking updates they want because I don't need to fix half the shit when I look at the details. When it says, hey, there's a security patch that fucks with this thing, hell yeah, I'll download it and I'll get them all then finally. But Yeah, I don't need to be a beta tester. Yeah, I don't need to be a beta tester. And you don't have to. So you I don't I believe that you shouldn't you should have the right to do it over the air if you choose, because then if you live in a rural town or the dealership's fucking gonna charge you seven thousand dollars to go do this shit, you should just be able to do it yourself. My wife went to the dealership. Honda, she has a Honda car. She went to the Honda dealership and they for an oil change and an air filter change. And they sent her away with an invoice for eight thousand dollars worth of work. And she's like, I don't want any of this shit done. She took it to a local repair shop and they were like, Oh no, they they're telling you, but really only about a thousand dollars of this is really necessary to make your car run safely. So she did, she spent like 800 bucks and they're like, and we'll even give you a discount on the shit. So she spent about $800 instead of $8,000. So mandatory dealer visits, fuck that. Yeah. Not- I, I don't, I don't want to be a told where I need to take my vehicle yeah. or, or B, I don't want to not be able to do it myself. I, right. I don't, you know, it, this this I, uh, this is a huge thing. Harley Davidson actually just got sued because they said if you do blah 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 and it's not done at a Harley dealership, it voids your warranty. Well, what if you live in fucking Tucumcari, New Mexico, and the closest dealership is three hours away in fucking what's the huge city in New Mexico? Durango. No, that's not even. Is that even a city? Uh, Albuquerque? Albuquerque. That's the that's the only city in New Mexico that I could think of that has a big big uh, Harley dealership. So you live in fucking Tucumcari. You live in Gloob Glub, New Mexico. You live in 
Wrangler's Bend. You live in Buttfuckers Gulch. I don't care where you live. It's three hours to Albuquerque. Do you really have to drive there? Are you told that you have to drive there to get shit done? Or is there a dealership, quote, where you bought your bike, like Burt's Mega Mall here in Southern California? Burt's Mega Mall sells all sorts of shit. They sell everything from Polaris side-by-sides to fucking Honda Goldwings. And guess what? They're not a Honda dealer. They're not a Polaris dealer. They're just a dealership. I should be able to take my shit there. I shouldn't have to take it to a Polaris dealership or a Honda dealership to get the shit done. So absolutely, I'm, I'm a, I am a right-of-repair guy. So Nokomoto can go fuck themselves for the 18th time. Uh, <laughs> and, and I believe that this over-the-air shit, even though it's not great, a lot of times and it shouldn't be mandatory that it's over the air either. Like the right to repair should be if I choose it. So whether it, whether it's mandatory over the air, I don't agree with that either, but I also don't agree that you should have to visit a dealer where you got it. Because what if you buy a fucking zero in fucking Idaho? Guess where the closest fucking dealer for zero is? It's probably San Francisco. Are you going to ride your motorcycle from Idaho to fucking San Francisco to get it fucking serviced? No. So I'm all, I'm all out for that. Thirdly, chains and sprockets, despite what your friends say and despite what the Yamaha fucking catalog (laughs) says, Yamaha sells chains, sprockets, and kits, actually. Alternative part, AP, part number, blah, 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 blah. And I think Kawasaki might do it as well. My Yamaha uh, manual from 1980 does not say that every time I change the chain, I have to change the sprocket or every time I change the sprocket that I have to change the chain. And my 1980 Yamaha, you know, bikes didn't make 842 horsepower back then. So <laughs> so your chain could actually stretch without doing shit to the sprockets. So I still believe that there are a lot of bikes nowadays and a lot of even belt-driven bikes that are the same way. Whether you have a chain or a belt, I don't think you have to buy a fucking pulley or a sprocket every time you replace your chain. And I have a climber manual for my Kawasaki KZ and it's a shaft drive. So I don't even know why they have chain fucking maintenance in there, but chains are measured by 420, 425, 525, things like that. That first number for four and 425, that is by eighths of an inch. So four eighths of an inch is half an inch. So if you measure from pin to pin on your chain and your chain is still half an inch, roll it forward further, measure pin to pin. Again, you pick anything that's at least a foot. I think 13 inches is the thing because you want to measure a little bit more than a foot. So you measure 13 inches. If it's still, uh, you know, an eighth of an inch between each pin, or I'm sorry, half inch between each pin, if it's a 420 or 425, you're fine. 525 is 5 eighths. So I don't know what that is times, you know, times 10. But I'm guessing you have to measure like 15 inches of chain. And as long as it is 5 eighths between each link, you're fucking fine. You, your chain hasn't stretched. You don't need new sprockets. If your chain is good, if your chain is brand new, but your sh- sprockets look like shark's teeth, yes, you need new sprockets. You don't need a new chain. There is totally is not an, an inverse relationship where you, when you buy sprockets, they bed into the chain. That's totally untrue. And chains can absolutely stretch at different rates than sprockets. Chains don't always have an O-ring. Sometimes chains are just dry like a lot of uh, old chains and motocross chains and shit like that. There's not always a fucking O-ring, you know, oiled chain with a seal and all the shit. Sometimes they are just dry. So bullshit that you have to change your chains when you change your sprockets. Read the fucking manual and see what it is. (laughs) 
Last thing is levers and their switches. And this is something that I don't even think is in most manuals, but I will say from experience, I could not start my fucking motorcycle. My motorcycle wouldn't start. I'd pull in the clutch. It still wouldn't start. I had to put it in neutral and then it would finally start. Now, when you have <laughs> my buddy at work was telling me that he's so pissed that his Harley Davidson won't start with the kickstand down. Why would you want to fucking start in gear? I have to quantify that too. It w- with the kickstand yeah. down and the bike in gear, it wouldn't start. And I was like, dude, why would you want to start your bike in gear with the kickstand down? My Yamaha, uh, my old 1980s Yamaha has that bypassed and I accidentally did bump into it one day. <laughs> I was sitting on it, but I accidentally bumped the starter while the bike was in gear. And guess what? It fucking lurched forward about three feet. And if I wasn't sitting on it, it would have fell over into the KTM that was next to it, which would have fell over into the Yamaha FZ1 that was next to it, which would have fell over into the Ducati, blah, blah, blah. It would have been like Pee Wee... Pee-wee's big adventure when all those Harleys fall over, domino effect style. I would have knocked over about 20 bikes had I not been sitting on this motherfucker when I accidentally bumped the switch. Why the fuck would you want your bike to start when the kickstand's down and it's in gear? So he's all pissed off that his kickstand, oh, we don't need no nanny state, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, obviously you do if you think your bike should start in gear with the kickstand down. But my bike wouldn't even start with the clutch pulled in. Uh, with the kickstand up, unless it was a neutral. And what happened was I have adjustable levers on the bike. And the a lever had got wiggly from riding on the f- shitty freeway uh, and just wiggled, li- wiggled yeah, itself yeah, yeah. loose and wiggled out of spec. And there was a lot of play in it. There was a hell of a lot of play before it actually engaged the clutch switch. So when I was pulling in the clutch, it wasn't even activating the switch until it was like 100% pulled in. So if I pulled the clutch lever and tried to start it while the bike was in gear, it would not start because it didn't register that the clutch lever was being pulled in because it wasn't touching the switch. So long story short, if you have adjustable levers on your bike, your bike isn't starting when you have the clutch pulled in, even if it's in gear and you're like, well, this should start. Like I have at least one condition met. Yes, it's in gear, but the kick stands up and the clutch is pulled in. It should start. And it's not starting until I switch it into neutral and the neutral safety switch says all the conditions are met. Well, your lever is probably out of adjustment and you need to adjust it in a little bit until you can hear that switch clicking and then if your kick stands up and the bike's in gear at least if you have the clutch pulled in it should start so long story short that's junkies tips that's my top tips for um for new riders a read the fucking manual b change your fluids and c don't believe all the hype just believe the hype that's true uh billy meat aka mike i know you have a lot of good tips on here this week so i'm yeah i'm all about them and i can't wait to hear them so this is a topic I'm actually very passionate about. Uh, I'm a believer of getting everyone in the world on motorcycles. Get put everybody on the motorcycle at least once if they're able-bodied to do it. You're, get them on bikes. You're so passionate about this. Is this was part of your wedding vows, actually. Yes, actually. It was. I told my wife, uh, you know, read my vows, added in an extra clause, hey, Everybody in the world should ride motorcycles. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. You know. And if you do, um, listen to this. And then you and then you read all these off that you're about to tell us now. It was a long so, ceremony. So the importance of knowing basic maintenance, and this really piggybacks off of what uh Junkie was just talking about with knowing what how to measure a chain and knowing 
when you need to change your chain, when you need to change your sprockets, knowing how to read your tire tread. The levels of tread on your tire is incredibly important to know. Very and important. now I'll be I'll be the first to admit, I'll ride kind of really <laughs> sketchy. I'll take oh. tires down to where I'll take tires down to the last spot that I can take a tire. I was going to say, you'll be the first to admit that you blew a fucking tire. I've blown a tire. At Kernville. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is, uh, it should be a practice what I preach thing. Uh, But right now it's a do what I say, not as I do (laughs) type of thing. Um, And and this this one is actually a do as I do. Don't trust other people working on your motorcycle. Even if you drop your bike off at a shop, that's okay. Take your bike to a, a shop and uh, it, let them work on it. But take it to a shop you trust and then verify their work. It, it doesn't take much to just test a few bolts to their torque spec, which can be found in your manual. It, it's not really a hard thing to do. And I highly recommend if you're letting other people work on your motorcycle. You don't know the condition that they left your bike in. You don't know that they took the proper care and time to ensuring your safety on the road. Because the only thing that separates you from the road are a couple pieces of rubber and the hope that your bike is all together. It's basic stuff can go a long way in terms of safety. It's not just about having a working vehicle. If you don't maintain your car and it falls apart, okay, you're, you're fine. Your car fell apart. You can fix that and you're okay. If your bike starts to break, if your bike leaves you stranded or fails while you're riding, if you have catastrophic failure while you're riding and the motor seizes or whatever, um, you, you, you could die. You could get seriously injured from this stuff. It's, it's something you just need to, you need to take some care on and, Basic maintenance can go a long way when getting a motorcycle. Uh, I think that things you should know how to do when you buy a motorcycle or the things you should learn how to do, just learn how to change your oil, be able to change your oil. A, it's all of these things are going to save you money from dropping it off at a shop. Yeah. Oh, Mike. I'm, yeah. I'm Billy me. I'm having, I'm having a vision. I, 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 I see somebody broken down on the side of the road and... Uh, never mind. It's no big deal. It's it's actually no big deal. Their their oil okay. light came on, but it was really oh. just because they, uh, yeah, they just neglected some shit that they could neglected have neglected basic maintenance. Basically, yeah. Um, know how to check your tire pressure. This uh, this one kind of goes without saying. You would hope, but know the pressure your tires are riding on. You don't need to check it every time you get on the bike. You can. It doesn't take long. But check it once or twice a week. I mean, when, when when you sit on your bike, when you actually sit in the seat, and the tires go down, or the rims go down almost to the road, and the tires bulge out, does that mean you're low? Uh, no, that means you need to go to the gym. Okay, okay. okay. Point taken. That's that's uh, tons of anarchy there, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. You should know how to check your tire pressure and fill your tire, and this goes for anyone that owns any vehicle. These are all basic maintenance things that anyone should do. Um, you, This one goes to a motorcycle. Know how to check your chain tension, and if required, the lubrication of your chain. Um, 
You know, uh, if, if, if hey, you have oh, a Har- you have a Harley. Does it have a chain or a belt? I have a belt. So I was going to say I bought my very first belt drive motorcycle recently too, and I spent fifteen dollars on the Motion Pro belt tensioner checker, and it because uh-huh. you have to put ten pounds of pressure. Read the fucking manual. You have to put ten pounds of pressure on the motorcycle, and unless you can tell what ten pounds of pressure is with your finger, you better just get the tool. And it, for the tool's cheap. Fifteen or eighteen bucks. It was like one of the best investments I've ever made. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree on that. Chain tension for sure, but if you have a belt, it has to be a little bit more specific. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess that is that is a good point to make. Belt belt drive does matter. Again, it comes down to reading your manual. Taking a when you buy a new toy, a new motorcycle, a motorcycle is largely a toy, and I think we can all admit that. Son it's of a bitch, <laughs> you're you're from you're from America, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, for us in America, it's a toy. For others, it's their transportation, and there's a reason they make these manuals. There, it, it's it's for your own safety. Take take the hour to scan through the manual. You don't need to read every single thing, but under there's, there's usually a section things you need to know, like the glossary let lets you know about the bike. Take the time to learn your motorcycle, whatever your first bike is. And this is a good transition. When you're buying your first bike, do everything in your power to just buy a, a used motorcycle outright. Buy something that has already hit its bottom depreciation. <laughs> buy something. Buy something that you are inevitably you know there's a high chance you're going to drop this thing. I was going to say stuff the paint. Preferably, gonna, it's been dropped already. It's been pre-dropped for you, right? Well, yeah, it, it within reason for sure. But yes, buy the the shittiest motorcycle that you feel confident on <laughs> because you won't lose value. And you're going to buy it. I recommend everyone starts on a smaller bike, even just for a little bit, just to learn the, the how to ride. You know, I, I think everyone should spend a little bit of time on a 250, a 300, a 400, something like that. Something that if you do even like you you were talking about the, the adjustable levers, like how it wasn't uh, engaging your clutch or starting the bike without the clutch in and having it lurch forward. It's a scary feeling. And, uh, if you're on a 800 pound Goldwing, it's a that's a lot worse than when you're on a 150 pound Rebel 250. Right, those are only 150 pounds. Holy shit! That's no, they're really light. I actually don't know how how heavy it is. I would imagine heavier. Than do that, you, but do you, light you bikes. want you want to hear something crazy? When I went to my fucking MSF course, because I took a course before that. Uh, that got me uh, a card that I could take to my insurance and say, hey, look, I did a rider course. But when I actually took the MSF course, there was a person in there, a woman who was about four. She was taller than me, so she was at least five foot one, maybe, maybe, maybe five foot even. She fucking showed up day the the last day of training on a fucking rune a a Honda rune. Do you know how big rune runes were like eighteen hundreds? I think like the, a, the rune has a GL eighteen hundred motor. In yeah, it. I'm pretty sure it was an eighteen hundred six it's cylinder like the Valkyrie. It's the <laughs> yeah yeah no those things are crazy, dude. She showed up on that thing and she could barely her tiptoes needed stilts. And I was going, lady, you just finished like day two of like training on the MSF and you're bringing this fucking shit. Like, 
It was. It took her about seven minutes to back it into the parking space because she could barely touch her um, toes to the ground. And B, it weighs like 800 or 900 pounds. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> not a great first bike. No. Although I won't discourage anybody from going away from a crazy first bike ever. But yeah, it, so the, the part of me saying start on something small is also about to tell you start on what you think you're going to be comfortable on. Yeah. If you're it, a Sasquatch, you, you maybe know, you want to start on like an 883 Sportster because yeah, those, exactly. those are going to be 150 pounds to you, you know? It's, but like it, if you're starting on something that – that I don't want to say go buy a 1,000 – like a leader. If you're inter- interested in sports bikes, maybe don't start on, on an R1. Unless you're from but Texas. But also if you kind of trust yourself, like if you know that you're mature enough to handle riding a motorcycle within – the limits that you set for yourself and understand that this motorcycle will go well beyond your limits. Maybe start with that, but I don't think it's the best idea. Right. I, I don't want to say don't start riding a motorcycle because you don't want to ride a 600 or a 400 or whatever. Right. If you want to go straight to the thousand, do it, but be safe about it. it. That is, you have to have a lot of emotional maturity to go off on a 1000 and not want to rip that throttle open right instantly even valentino rossi started on a 125 you know what i'm saying it, yeah ex- exactly the best riders in the world start on those motorcycles small displacement bikes and, and i think it goes to show that you can learn a lot more on a small bike you have a lot larger room for error on a 250 than you do on a 1000 just for a frame of reference yeah you can mess up a lot on a 250 and for another frame of reference joey dunlop and his brother william both died on 250s 252 Uh, smokes yeah racing 250s they both died on 250s the great some of the greatest motorcyclist racers in the world died on 250s so right it's not a out the the danger of a motorcycle still very much exists on a small bike but you have far more control over it and that's the important thing you just gotta learn how to ride right. i recommend everybody take the motorcycle safety course or you don't have to learn how to ride i mean you could always just do it you know just you could also just do it it's not smart bo jackson but... said just do it nike says just do it i mean there's some people that so, just do it Exactly. If if uh, if if Kylie Jenner if, says just do it, you just do if it. A, if Elijah Wood can tell you to do it, you do it. Elijah <laughs> Wood. It's not, <laughs> okay. It's not, that's not I'm, the right. I'm, actor, I'm leaving this in, but this is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What is that actor? It's not Elijah Wood. I always mix him up. Dave Chappelle? I have no, no fucking idea uh, who tells you to do it. Just do it. Uh, he was in whole Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse than fucking <laughs> Elijah Wood. I'm leaving oh this all God. in. This is fucking uh, great. Good. No, that's good. You know um, what? Ryan Reynolds rides motorcycles. You don't want him to die, do you? Learn to fucking ride. Yeah, learn to ride. Take the time to develop your skills and don't stop trying to develop your skills. Or don't. That's my or don't do it. Devil, There's devil, the devil's advocate or don't <laughs> or don't. <laughs> there there is the possibility that you just hop on a motorcycle and you're a golden god. <laughs> right. 
but it ain't likely. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, but the thing is, you never know until you try. It, it, I think that there is definitely a right way to start riding motorcycles. Um, first and foremost, start riding today. You know, right. the, the best day to start riding is today. The second best day to start riding is, well, the second best thing you can do is ride safely. Uh, and I think that that one, you, you and motorcycles are dangerous. Yeah, they are. I don't no time to be stupid. Yeah. And I don't want to come off as a pussy. So I'm going to be devil's advocate for this, but you go ahead and say what you're going to, you say your piece and then I, I'll speak for the Floridians in the house. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, you just, you got to ride within your limits. You got to know to trust yourself and trust your instinct and, it, riding motorcycles is more than just hopping on a bike and going. There's there's a lot to it, and I I really implore you to find it in the find it in you to take some classes, learn to ride a motorcycle, and don't stop learning. Watch there's videos all over YouTube. YouTube is such a wonderful resource, so you don't have to necessarily pay for classes. Yeah, you just watch some YouTube in a parking lot on your phone. And then go practice these maneuvers. How do you think I became a doctor? Okay. Next thing, the used bike market. I want to talk about the used motorcycle market because it does tie in with what I'm talking about. I believe you should buy a motorcycle outright. Your first one especially. Buy it outright and buy a cheap one. Something that you can just resell for the same money you have into it. The issue is the market right now is kind of messed up. And it's been messed up since 2020. I wonder what happened then. Um, been messed up since then. Browse Craigslist, browse Facebook Marketplace, offer up whatever service you use for classified searches or classified listings. Find motorcycles. I mean, right now I'm on Craigslist, and this is actually a really good deal uh, if it runs. Not currently running and needs a fuel pump. Okay, this is easy. <laughs> Hold on. This well. is actually easy. So this is a 2002 BMW K1200 RS. Oh, this is fudge. A, this is a really nice, really cool bike for what it is. You have to be a super nerd to respect it, but it's a cool bike. Wait, you say you say O2? Yeah. Okay. K1200. Yeah, I can respect that. Um, it's 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 kind of classic. It's old now. I mean, 2002 was. 21 years ago, believe it or not. What you gotta um, what you gotta listen to is that the K's were four cylinders laid on their side. You're basically getting like an M3 motor. It's a, it's a flat four. Yeah, it's a flat four. It's not the boxer twin. It's none of that. It's a flat four. And it's no, it's it, a really cool bike. Yeah. $795. It needs a fuel <gasps> pump. That's it. Well, yeah. you're gonna pay $795 for a BMW fuel pump. I yeah, but okay, so you're in that for eighteen hundred dollars. Boom. That's the, actually, it's not a bad deal. The cool fact how to work on these motorcycles. This is a great opportunity. Buy a bike you have to work on. That, that, if wait, is that in, the, is that in you your notes? Wait a minute. Does your no, notes say I, that? I, I'll send this. Buy a Be- motorcycle you have to work on. Because I disagree with that. Buy a motorcycle that barely runs, though. I mean, I don't care if you buy a, a K1200 that doesn't run good. As long as it runs, because you will eventually have to work on anything that you buy, <laughs> that you buy used, but you don't want to have to buy something that you have to fix before you can ride it, right? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm an advocate for knowing what you're on, and yeah. I think that's a perfect opportunity to have an excuse to turn most of the bolts, to check everything out, 
find excuses to check these things. It's that's basic maintenance. That yeah. is, you know, you know what? Every now and I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like an asshole, but I had to fix my first bike before I could ride it. So maybe you're onto something here. I had to get to know it and I had to fix it to make it run before I could actually ride it. So I think you're I think you're actually onto something. That, that is that is not unsage advice. I I, I reverse my I reverse reverse my statement and I agree with what you I said. I think that it it makes you understand what goes into a motorcycle. Uh, and this does and now I'm kind of detracting from the topic I started with, but th- this is an important thing that a lot of people overlook. You you want you want to know what you're on. It's the same thing with a project car. I I feel like the people that are into cars a lot ha- a lot of those same characteristics characteristics transfer over to the people about motorcycles the people who are about it are about it and i think that taking the time to learn your vehicle and gain new skills it there's no downside to learning how to work on your own stuff that's right Uh, and one of the traits of both of those people is they have less than 32 teeth and they both have very little money because they're spending all of it on their vehicles (laughs) so take that (laughs) in consideration (laughs) Um, so, uh, back to what I was getting at with the used bike market, I got off track. I was looking at Craigslist to kind of talk about these. Prices. I know that's pretty the sexy. Average, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. You can, that's multitask. a nice bike for, for that. You know, yeah. the average pricing on motorcycles, I would say has gone up like the base is basically two grand, like a 2000. Oh, that's a newer one, but like a DRZ 400, go find a DRZ 400 for less than two grand right now. I promise you, you can't. Right. Where in 2019, 2020, you could get a DRZ 400 for $1,800 every day. Of the <laughs> yeah. Week. I was going to say 35, actually. Like, I feel like prices are creeping with inflation, you know? It, it, it's, it's insane. And what sucks is these are all people, a lot of these bikes that are up for sale right now are for sale because people can't afford it anymore. Right. You know? And it sucks, but motorcycles for a lot of people in America specifically are a luxury, uh, not your daily transportation, not stuff like that. So they, they're quick to go and people ask a fortune for them right. and it's getting higher and higher every year. And it just sucks. Um, that being said, it's still cheaper than buying a brand new bike, plain yeah. and simple. <sighs> Even going to motorcycle dealerships and buying a used bike, you're going to pay so much more than you would if you go to Craigslist or yeah. offer up. Absolutely. And, and the, the shitty thing about Craigslist and offer up and Facebook marketplace is that you have to deal with the people on mm. Craigsbook offer up and Facebook marketplace. I've had some good transactions mm. where I even tried to talk to people down and I was like, yeah, I'll just give them what they're asking. But I've had other transactions where people call me and they want, their brother's going to come pick it up and they have like a fucking check waiting for me at the fucking local embassy. And it's like, dude, you're a scammer. Like I, how do you mitigate that sort of stuff? Um, well, you just learn how to identify it, but but, but you're, but you're brand new, right? I mean, this is for brand new well, people. So, what do you have? Uh, tips well, I, I know there's yeah. To mitigate scammers. I mean, if the person's not willing to meet you in person, don't meet them. If they're trying to pay you over the phone, if they're trying to pay you with a check in the mail, anything like that, don't do it. If you have to jump through hoops to go see this bike, it's not worth it. Like there's, 
there's a lot of ways that people just give you the runaround on these these marketplaces and you really just have to learn basic haggling skills oh wait you have to learn another skill (laughs) when you're doing it this way there's no downside I'm surprised there's not more CEOs in America because of motorcycling. Because once you get into motorcycling, you are the jack of all trades. You have to learn so many different skills. You might as well open your own (laughs) shop at that point. Yeah, basically. I mean, you're you're almost there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know how to read? (laughs) What? Oh, shit. So I think that it's important that you – Look for that stuff. This the, These two topics do tie in together a lot. And so pricing through the roof right now, it's a shitty time to get into motorcycling. But the thing is, with the way that the market's going, you could – I don't want to say these are appreciating assets because they're not, and this is not financial advice. But you can pretty much buy – if you were to buy a $1,200 bike today and ride it around for a year – next year that $1,200 bike is going to be an $1,800 bike yeah. and then you can put it forward to the next bike. It's just- Dave, Dave Ramsey quit talking about investing your 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 tip. He, he straight up went straight to motorcycles last year. He's like, listen, if you want to build wealth, you need to buy motorcycles because that's what's a hot commodity. Uh, but no, I do understand what you're saying. Like definitely, especially on the West Coast. Like on the West Coast for sure. In the Midwest, I don't think this translates very well. And maybe in other countries, this maybe, yeah, means I guess jack maybe I'm shit. Speaking on a localized feeling, but what do you feel about in Jakarta or like in Mumbai right now? I feel like they should move to Southern California, brother. Ride motorcycles all week. So obviously a motorcycle is not an appreciating asset. And again, that's not financial <laughs> advice. You know how to I, become really, really, really like a, like a millionaire with motorcycles. Hmm. You start with the billion. Exactly. <laughs> um, but this is the same thing with, I, I guess, a relatable story, not motorcycle related. Mosin Nagant rifles, which is a Russian military rifle, used to be able to get those for $89 at Big Five. <laughs> Good luck. They would have ads in the magazines all the time. And they were $89 every week forever. Yeah. And it would be in the big five ad. They were giving and them I, away. Basically. It, you paid as much in taxes as you did for the rifle. Um, when I turned 18, I got the big five ad. The first thing I wanted to do was buy a gun. And I got the big five ad. And I was going to buy a Mosin because I've always wanted, like, I'd always wanted one. It's a cool rifle, whatever. Um, so <laughs> I opened the big five ad and it was $119. Bro. It's like $119. That's what percentage so much money. of that? Are you good at percentages? What percentage? 89 to at 190. Least, uh, that's that's like almost half, 50%. <laughs> right? No. No, but you're close. We'll we'll, we'll take know. it. We'll we'll say 50%. I'm not a mathematician. Um <laughs> I wish Kim was here. She's so into math. <laughs> uh no, so the, you know, they were $129 or $119 to something like that. 119 is what it was. I go, I'll get it next week. I'll get it like next time the ad's out. Bro. And the next time, the next time they were in the ad was like two months later and they were 149 Yeah. I was like, oh man, I'll just wait till 129 The Mosin, I- Mosin Nagant was the house of SoCal. <laughs> Like the Southern California. <laughs> I always said, I'm going to wait for housing prices to come down in Southern California. Guess what? They did the Mosin Nagant. How much are they now? 379 uh, So, so no, 
find me a Mosin for three seventy nine. I will be so happy. Shut up! Are you kidding me? So, um, an M ninety one thirty, which is like a kind of normal Mosin, right? There's a bunch of variants. The M ninety one thirty is like the Mosin Nagant, if that makes sense. Um, they're like on Gunbroker. <laughs> like $1,400 now. Oh my God. I could have gone to big five and got an $89 gun about, let's say seven years ago. And it would have been worth quadruple what it's worth. So basically like a house here in California, if I would have bought this house that we live in now, uh, six years ago, it would have been worth $400,000. Well, now it's worth like a million two or something like that. How does that, how does that translate into motorcycles? Are you, are you Um, telling people not to buy this year? No, what I'm saying is the same motorcycles that you've always been looking at. Like, if you have your eyes on a DRZ 400, they're not going down in price. Just buy it. Just buy it. Yeah. it the, the, <laughs> don't wait for the ideal price. You're it, guessing this market that's never, it's gone nuts in the last three years and it's never, it's not going it, to become where, predictable. Yeah. Where the $800 Goldwing. It right now is insane. People go insane when they hear that. But if you talked about an $800 Goldwing five years ago, people would told you you overpaid. Yeah. And it's the, the pricing on just, I don't want to say shit motorcycles because the Goldwing is amazing. Fuck but yeah. on, on like just motorcycles in general, um, has gotten unsustainable can i uh, can i tell you can i tell you something personal here and i don't yeah, i don't want to get this is alleged can we say that because i don't want to end up where cam is but when you told me you got that gold wing for 800 allegedly i went in and punched some hole in my drywall and slapped my entire <laughs> entire family <laughs> twice including my dogs and had the police call on me allegedly because i couldn't believe it and yeah i think you're right like two years Three years ago, four years, pre twenty twenty, people would have been like, "Oh my god, you quadruple overpaid for that hundred dollar Goldwing," and now people are like, "Oh my god, a Goldwing for eight hundred, I will gladly buy it off you for eight thousand, Right? I mean, yeah, pe- yeah, people, I I have been offered for that bike way too much, and it's people are people are starting to regret not buying these things when they were cheaper. And you're always going to regret not buying it when it's cheaper. Yeah, it's buy it now. Just the basics, basic of it. If you, if you can get it, get it. If you see the bike of your dreams while you're shopping for your first used bike and it's in your budget, it's never going to be cheaper than it is today. Right. You know, uh, do you have any advice for people that are trying to buy an untitled bike? Like, what if you see a bike and it's just too good to be true? It's cheap, like this low mileage. There's no title so, though. Yeah, that's that's where the the Craigslist. That's it's a little scary. If if they don't have a title, if they don't have a bill of sale, if they can't prove to you that the motorcycle is theirs with no uncertainty, don't buy it. And now there are ways that you can prove that it is their bike if they lost the title for example there are forms you can fill out um you can run the vin make sure that the vin's not stolen if you call the police department with the vin number 
they can tell you if the motorcycle is stolen. There are also websites that can do this for you. Yep. Ben Verified it's, is one. Uh, Benverified.com, yep. I think, is it. Uh, you can check your VIN or license plate there, and they'll tell you yeah, a little there, bit there of it. Yeah, there are ways... There are ways very quickly on your phone, which you have in your pocket when you're going to buy this motorcycle, to verify that this motorcycle is My phone is a red rotary phone that only reaches Batman and the Commissioner. So how dare you? But uh, my computer. If you call the the Commissioner, surely he'll have access to that database. Wait a minute. Yeah, now that you say that, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, What I'm getting at is just, you know. It's not hard. If the deal seems too good to be true. It right. probably is. Right, right, right. If the photos don't match the area you're in, for example, someone's taking pictures of their – you live in the desert and someone's posting pictures of this bike sitting in on a lush green lawn <laughs> with trees in the background and it's overcast and you haven't seen overcast skies for nine years because it doesn't rain where you live, maybe, maybe that motorcycle isn't real. Maybe that's a fake advertisement. Right. Um, if it says only email reply, please kindly thank you, it's probably a scam. Yeah. Um, it, oh, this is actually a really good one. This one, if anywhere in this seller's email they say, can you kindly, if they use the word kindly, um, that is a scam. Wait, for sure. And if you're a scammer, we're just kidding. Keep using that. Uh, keep using yeah, keep, that verbiage. Keep using that verbiage. Sorry, yeah. scammers. Uh, yeah, we're just we really kidding. appreciate. When yeah, you we say appreciate that. that. Thank you. You're I doing... will kindly do it. Yeah. Um, there's just if the English doesn't make sense, if or whatever language you speak, if their their communicating doesn't make sense, it does like if you get hesitant or question anything about it just don't buy it yeah find a different bike do you want to hear something stupid and this is a good scam this is a facebook marketplace scam uh and it's not even motorcycle related it's just another piece of equipment at my house related but i i posted it on there and the person replied to me back and said hey i'll offer you exactly what you're asking for this thing and i was like okay i listed it kind of high because i was expecting people to go down but okay and it says, hey, yeah, do you have Zelle? And I said, yeah, of course I have Zelle. Zelle, Venmo, whatever whatever the things are. What's the condition of this thing? And I said, it's good. Blah, blah. I started listing it off. And then I, okay. And then afterwards, I'll tell you why this should have been a red flag when they asked me what the condition was. So yeah, okay, cool. I'll sell you the payment. They sell me. And they say, hey, it's saying that it's not going through because like you don't have a business account. Are you getting that notification too? And I was like, no. And they're all, hey, check your spam inbox. Maybe it went there. I checked my spam inbox, and sure enough, there's this notification from Zelle. Only at Zelle Custom Service instead of Customer Service, it's Zelle Custom Serve or Custom Serve. Some, it didn't make sense. It was Zelle Custom Serve, I think, instead of Customer Service at gmail.com. And I was thinking, wow, Zelle. Has a Gmail address. <laughs> so That's amazing. Obviously, it was a scam. And I immediately replied, yes, I just got it. Thank And, and they said, uh, here was the other thing. They said, oh, my brother will be there to pick it up because he has the truck. I don't have a truck, but he'll be there to pick it up. Uh, if I can send you the payment right now, he'll pick it up. And I'm thinking scam, but I'm like, oh, maybe. I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt. But as soon as that came across... 
And they're like, hey, check your junk mail. How did you know that it would go to my junk mail? And how did you know that I don't have a business account? All this bullshit. So I'm looking at it. So my reply was, oh, yes, I just got your payment. Thank you so much. Your brother actually just arrived right now and I'm helping him load it up. And, <laughs> and thanks for the transaction. And the guy left the conversation immediately after that. Uh, two or three minutes later, a woman contacted me and offered me a, the same exact thing. Hey, this is uh, I'm offering you a full price. What's the condition? Which is exactly what the previous person asked. And I was like, I thought about it. And I was like, what's the condition? I fucking took pictures of it. And I tell you the condition in the ad. And I said... I didn't even bother with her. I was like, are you local to the area? Because this is pickup only. And she's like, what's the condition again? And I'm like, listen, yeah, it's, right. it's scammer. That's so, scammer one-on-one. Yeah. So I was like, listen, to be honest with you, this thing is rusty as shit. I pulled it out of the bottom of a lake. I don't even know if it works. And since you seem so nice, I'm going to give it to you for free. Just come pick it up. And they left the conversation. So if they were really interested in a really expensive a piece of equipment and they were getting it for free, they would come fucking get it. Like if somebody offered me something that was like super expensive for free, even if it was a little bit you know, rusty, I would come fucking get it. But the fact that they want, they didn't care about that. They wanted me to Zell. They wanted my Zell. They wanted me to. So I was like, fuck you. Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, all that shit is fucking, you know, yeah. Be on the lookout for that shit and, and know when people are scamming you because I, the very first one, I was just excited to get rid of this thing, you know? And then, and then eventually I, I was looking back at it going, well, that first one was obviously a scam and I didn't, think of it because I was so excited to get rid of it. But the second one, I knew it was a scam and I fucking <laughs> toyed with them a little bit. And when they left, I was like, yeah, of course that was a scam. Another person contacted me about it. I said, are you local? They said, yes. That was the very first yes I got rather than what's the condition? Can I sell you? know. So yeah, long story short, be careful out there. And um, Billy Me, I think said it. Have them meet you in person. Say, come look at it. And then when you're here, we can discuss it. And you you can sell someone in person, you know, just as easy as you can or Venmo, whatever the the fuck it is. You can do it right there in person. You don't have to do it over the internet. And I'd rather have them come out and look at it and assess it and even talk me down because I listed it high. And so I should have been... I should have been flagged immediately when those people offered me full price immediately for the first first time around. You know what I'm saying? So did you well, end up selling this thing? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so because because legitimate people, because I knew legitimate people shouldn't be jumping on it that fast. You know what I'm saying? So um, totally made sense. But one like actual serious piece of advice I can give everyone regarding this. There's a YouTube channel that I recommend teaches you all about the internet scams that you're going to encounter on websites, Craigslist, Facebook, all that stuff. Pleasant green. He does a lot of uh, trolling scammers. He, he messes with scammers, uh, but he does all of like the mail scams, the check scams, the Craigslist scams. He goes over all that stuff and teaches you a, how to identify these things. And then, well, it's not teaches you a and B. He teaches you how to identify them and not get scammed. And then he does it in a very fun way. I recommend pleasant green teach you how to use Craigslist to properly buy your, uh, shit box motorcycles or wife from Russia. <clears throat> <clears throat> that too. <clears throat> Um, so <laughs> <laughs> awkward silence office of crickets there. 
I don't have anything else that I'd want to add to you. Uh, no, no. I think you covered everything well. And, you know, f- going all the way back to the very beginning, read the fucking manual. I can't believe how many times that comes up on on Reddit when people are uh, talking about stuff. But I love when people post stuff on a forum, especially Reddit, and they turn on their bike and they press the start switch and it goes... And you're like, that's the fucking battery. I don't know how many times that post comes up. It's the fucking battery. That's the simplest of things. Um, the basic maintenance, like like Pete Meat mentioned, Billy Meat. Shit, I said Pete Meat. I like that Pete better meat. than I like that better <laughs> than Billy Meat. Um, like Billy mentioned, basic maintenance. It's not hard, and there's actually um, you don't even need the manual. YouTube University is a great great place. Like I said, I've got my doctorate there. I am a I'm now performing uh, proctology exams uh, on the local hobo population. I mean, yeah, you know, there's that video of that guy shaving his butt. I I offer that as a service as well while I'm doing the <laughs> exam. Um, yeah, YouTube's a great place, and it can lead you down a rabbit hole, or it can teach you the very basic maintenance stuff, even if it's not on your particular bike. That's the one thing I do hate is because every single bike does have. This is my bit of my my top tip. Every every bike does have specific torque um, and capacity, uh, you know. Things so you're never going to get that from a generic like video, but at least I, I I can't tell you how many videos I watch, and I work in the industry. I, I write repair manuals, but I still watch repair videos. I love watching people repair stuff. I love people troubleshooting and figuring it out. And I will agree with you. I I know I did say buy a bike that runs, and get your jollies before you jump into it. But I, I agree with you. I think that maybe you, you buy a bike that doesn't run uh, or needs a little bit of work, not not a ton, but just enough to get you familiar with it so that when it does break down or when people see it, you can enjoy, you can relish in the fact that you fucking brought this thing to life like I did with mine and you did with yours. And you can say, hey, I'm the reason this thing's on the road right now. Um and I know it inside and out because I had to fucking jiggle every single fucking sir clip and I had to like tighten, torque every bolt, you know, like I, I had to do everything to get this piece of shit running. And I basically yeah, had to build half a wiring harness. Like, yeah, it's rewarding. It's very re- rewarding. Um, so. No, I, 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 again, and when you buy something a little older, buy, buy a classic bike or doesn't even need to be a classic bike, buy an old bike and go ride it around you are going to have conversations with people that, Oh, I used to have one just like that. Or, Oh, the, the conversations that get opened when you're riding around on an older motorcycle. Yeah. When you get to talk to some guy in his seventies that I used to have this bike and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Motorcycling is more than just riding motorcycles and enjoying that. Absolutely. There's a community and camaraderie there. Next episode, we should cover what is riding motorcycles, uh, and and we should we should deep dive on this. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. If I you're think be a great if you're a woman and you're looking for a seventy year old, if you're looking for a bo- boomer sugar daddy, motorcycles is your fucking oh, key. Yeah. Like it's your CB six fifty. Oh my CB450, god, four fifty. You will meet. Yeah, you and you wouldn't believe how many people come up to me and say, 
my very first street bike, they say, oh, I bought my uh, girlfriend one of those. Yeah, it's very, it's embarrassing almost, but I'm like, yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, long story short, yeah, you will you will see the stories and you will, the, the older, the better actually, I think carbureted is much easier to deal with than something with fuel injection and a bunch of modules and like, you know, ABS and all that shit. Although that is great for a first bike. If you're going to buy new, hey, if you're going to buy a new bike, go all in, buy something with traction control like, and yeah. ABS and all that shit. But if you're going to buy new and go used, go as old as you can. Because uh, I, for one, um, believe the the less, the, the older the shit and the less amount of governance you have the fewer things you actually have to check to make it run and worry about even though carburetors are a pain in the ass points are a pain in the ass um you know spark air fuel like the three components that you need can be a little bit challenging but once you figure them out you're done and on a new bike with like nothing but electrical bullshit all over it it could be anything like literally you can chase gremlins for days. Oh my God. Anything could be ruined and why your bike's not start. So if you're going to go new, go brand, brand new. If you're going to go, uh, if you're not going to go new, go as old as possible. Um, yeah. Do you have any, uh, we've been, we've been yammering on for a little bit. I, I didn't think we went this long, but man, I really yeah, enjoyed. This was, good, this was a really, really fun topic. I is, think we both had a lot of passion for. So we did. Um, and by the way, I'm going to pick up this 2002, uh, BMW K1200 RS as soon as this episode's over. Are you 800 bucks? You cannot beat that. Dude, that is a great deal, right? Fucking a, I, I wonder actually, okay. It's in long beach. Yeah. It's right uh, between let's, us. Let's, let's meet there tomorrow for breakfast and go check it out. Dude, that would actually that would actually be kind of cool. All right. Um I gotta do the clutch master cylinder on the gold wing. I, I got, can't. Yeah. I gotta get fitted for uh, um a BDSM harness tomorrow. So oh, okay. I, can, I can't either. So it's weird how we oh, find yeah. these weird little things that are inconsequential to like not be able to meet up in person, but it happens. So yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, cool. Cool. Do you have any, uh, final, uh, uh, outros, like any um, catchy sayings? Uh, you know, no, right now I, I think that, you know, I've said everything I need to say for this episode. It was a good time. I've said, I think you've said everything that you're legally allowed to say, and that's exactly enough. So with that, everybody, um, yeah, check us out. Next episode will probably be, like I said, out of order, and you may hear some... Oh, oh my God. We got Mike. Billy Meat. Are you having, a, are you having another vision? I, I see us eating together. Oh, dinner? It's not tomorrow. Yeah. Never mind. It, okay. was, it wasn't tomorrow. But uh, anyway, anyways, all right. Yeah, I will talk to you later. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Uh, all right, bye. All right, good. <laughs>